All right, it's a Thursday. You know it's 7 o'clock. You know it's the wake-up call. KB and Andy hanging out with you for the next three hours right here on The Fan. It is game day, KB. We're feeling good. What do you want to see from Anthony Richardson? What do you want to see from the Indianapolis Colts? And then we also, uh, yesterday, we wake up today on this Thursday on The Fan, fellas, with the realization, a kind of a yucky one, that six teams have already reached out uh, for Jonathan Taylor. We shall see if that number grows in the coming days and hours. Uh, In the next few days, the Colts give uh, a deadline of Tuesday, and that's where we sit today with a couple offers on the table, and uh, it's becoming a reality whether you like it or not. Fellas, good morning, KB. You got your Ellie shirt on. You're looking good today. Look at you. Sweep. I almost brought in the broom here on this (laughs) Thursday morning. Uh, Sweep by the Red Legs. Ellie David Cruz. Congratulations. Six RBIs in game one yesterday. I do feel like the Angels are a bit cursed. You see Shohei Otani? Oh, you think? Do you you think they're a little bit cursed, having great players and never winning games and having injuries? Will not pitch again this season with a torn UCL and Mike Trout to the DL. But yes, the Reds and the Cubs right now. We can hold hands as we are both in the final wild card spots. So we head into the weekend series. But yeah, as you said, Andy, tonight, 8 o'clock, our coverage will begin at 5 as the Colts have their preseason finale. In Philly, coverage here locally on RTV6 along with Amazon Prime. And again, once again, it is a absolutely steamy Thursday here in Indianapolis. So good Thursday morning to all of we, our listeners. We need to there. get you out today in the afternoon. We need to get you out. Uh, you know, I don't know. You want to golf? You want to wanna, melt? Yeah, you want to melt? Come on, get out and do a little jog what? or something like that. We need to get you out in this heat. Sweat off something. Let's go. Last night I played third wheel with my wife and her sister okay. and went over to White River, the TCU Amphitheater over there for the OAR and Goo Goo Dolls Ooh, concert. We almost went over there. Really? We did, yeah. But we were like, like Goo Goo Dolls were in town? I had no idea. Goo Goo Dolls were in town. Um, a little bit of a frog in the throat of the lead singer. I, I, we bailed after about 11, 12 songs. Uh, is it Resnick? I'm not sure. Yes. Is that Johnny his name? Resnick, Johnny yeah. Resnick? 57 is what, what what we looked up. We were curious about the age. Uh, <laughs> I'm probably a little bit more OAR than Goo Goo Dolls, but... There was a period early in the show where it's like, man, this is again. I'm, 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 this is great. I'm just working out just by standing out here <laughs> in the heat. And then once the sun went behind the beautiful renovated uh, overhang, if you will, it actually turned out to be a decent night. So we had a great time. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. The only thing I know OAR is isn't it college rock, yacht rock? Is it something like that? Isn't there a song like the poker song? Yeah, crazy game okay. of poker. That, that's yeah. the only uh-huh. thing I know. Now I can do some Goo Goo Dolls. Yeah, now I'm, I do know them. I'm probably a little bit more. Yeah, I'm definitely more OAR than I am Goo Goo Dolls. But you you, you got to check out that that venue. So if you can picture Victory Field, yeah, uh, just pretty much on the other side of Victory Field, right in between that and the NCAA and the Idol Jordan. Uh, beautiful venue. Uh, again, great turnout, even though it was hotter than you know what. And we had a fun little Wednesday night. Yeah, well, I mean, last night. So I need to do this for the YouTube audience, the breakfast bar people that are like, Sweeney, how much coffee do you drink in the morning? Well, he, he, this is this is my going to be right here. 
Now, is there mayo in that coffee? There is not, and I'm not sure I'm going to do that. Actually, I'm the new guy. I'll do the damn, co- the damn coffee and the mayo, and you know I don't want to. <laughs> that was the easy peer first, pressure. First, yeah. Uh, I'll do anything shameless promotion for the radio show. It's sports radio, KB. Uh, but that's my first sip of coffee. Got to watch out. Well, the acid really? reflux. Last night, I did a little beer, a little pizza. You know how that nice. is. Nice. Where did we get this off from? Uh, Giacomo's. Went over there. Ooh. Yeah. Going to be my neck of the woods, so uh, that uh, enjoyed that. Had some beer. Had some pizza. Uh wake up and uh, my stomach feels great by having coffee on top of it. But uh, lots to obviously talk about today. Do we want to dive into, I mean, I think there's two things. What do you want to see from Richardson? For me, it's not, you know, every pass being a check down. We can dive into that. And then the realization, uh, Stephen Holder uh, putting the news out there. What about 4 o'clock yesterday? 4.30 or so. Six teams have reached out to the Indianapolis Colts. You got a couple offers on the table. Obviously, a team uh, worth monitoring continues to be the Miami Dolphins and continues to be the realization uh, and it feels very split. I mean, there are still people that believe he will not be traded. Bob Kravitz was on with JMV yesterday thinks much uh, like Chris Jones with the Kansas City Chiefs maybe they show up week eight. (laughs) That's a possibility uh, as well, but then there's another whole group. We talked about it yesterday, KB, that thinks this guy is going to be traded. Why would you not go uh, and move and get an asset like him? And that's where we sit on this Thursday on a game day. Is it bad for Colts fans to be rooting for running back injuries over the next 48 hours around the league? Well, if you want them gone, right? If you want to increase that trade well, package. If you want to, yeah, but see, I, I guess I view this not different, but one thing I was going to ask, 239 um, at some point today, we can even take a couple calls on it. And I don't know, and this is just with you, you guys aren't giving off. And KB, I don't think this is your personality. You're not giving off any like sense of panic. And maybe panic's not the right word that, oh my God, you know, we're going to lose this guy. Okay. And even if you get a nice haul back, if you get a two, and a four, if you get a three, four, and a six, or something like that, is it going to kind of pad everything with the fact that, I mean, the best player, the second best player, however, I mean, the best player until we see Anthony Richardson won't be on the team, a guy on Lucas Oil, a guy that, I mean, the majority of, of fans around here have the 28 jersey, right? I mean, we know that. Um, like, is there a sense of, is there a sense of anger with fans if this ends up going down? Because until now, it's been talk and now it ain't talk man now it's six teams have reached out they're gonna be good teams there are some good teams some teams that can pay him uh and can give up the assets to do so and you and you know the Colts sit here on a Thursday morning on a game day with a couple offers yeah I mean I I do think and I'll say this for the next six months that every decision and everything that happens this season it all centers around is this helping Anthony Richardson and and I don't think there's anyone that can sit there and say a departure of Jonathan Taylor is helping his his development. I know a lot of people bring up you know other types of quarterbacks that you know, didn't have elite running backs next to them early in their NFL careers, whether it was Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson or you know go back to Robert Griffin III with Alfred Morris next to him, and all of a sudden <laughs> Morris has a you know one great season right. in his NFL career. To me, though, Richardson's unlike any quarterback that's entered this league. Any quarterback that's entered this league, particularly as a top five pick, no one has the resume or lack thereof, probably is the better way to say it, like Anthony Richardson does, whether it's the inexperience or the inaccuracy that he put up at Florida. I went on with JMV yesterday, and... I heard you. 
JMV, yes. I had, I had running water in southern oh, Indiana. Yeah, Settle down. I went to the bathroom inside. <laughs> I guess as a fellow southern Indiana-er, as JMV, he can probably oh, get away it. with that, yeah. those, those comments. Um, but I look back when Richardson was drafted at the last few years of college football because college football continues to evolve and continues to be you know more of the spread look and quick passes and those sorts of things. And if you look back on Richardson's number of pass attempts he had last season, you compare that to the last three years of college football, it is the worst completion percentage of any of them, any of the quarterbacks over the last three years of college football that have thrown at least 300 passes and started 13 games. Um, I think it was like 170-some quarterbacks on that list, and Richardson was dead last. Yeah, Florida didn't in, win games last year. In yeah. passing accuracy. Yeah. So there is just no comparison to Anthony Richardson. So I don't think we can say, well, this guy didn't have a, a, a bona fide running back, or this guy had that. This guy had that. A lot of these young quarterbacks as well, Andrew Luck's case, his first year he had a Still in his prime, Reggie Wayne, until he tore his ACL the very next season. And T.Y. Hilton, who quickly inserted himself as a pretty darn good wideout in this league. Richardson doesn't have that. So, I, I think we have got to get away from like trying to compare Richardson to other young quarterbacks that have entered this league. Because, again, to me, he is such a unicorn and different experience than anybody else. And to me, that's why... There's more emphasis on supporting him uh, with Jonathan Taylor. But certainly Miami, um, I mean, their media has been very vocal about uh, their pursuit of Jonathan Taylor. And is the second, second day pick the Colts are potentially coveting? Is that something that's being pushed back? Because we know Miami doesn't have a third rounder this year. They don't have a fourth rounder. Uh, would that cause some hesitancy from the Dolphins? Again, I, I it was a little tongue-in-cheek, and I know it maybe is a little bit of a mean thing to say, but I literally Ooh, mean it, Andy. I like Running this. back injuries over the next 48 hours is something I, something to monitor. Oh, I mean, no, you're not joking. This I, is the I, preseason I finale, and you yeah, got roster sure. cuts coming up on, on Tuesday, and is this going to be more of a dress rehearsal feel to these preseason games? The Colts are treating it like that. doesn't sound like the Eagles will be treating it like that. Uh, but that, I think, is all things to monitor here as supposedly Tuesday is going to be the deadline for the Colts and uh, whether they trade Jonathan Taylor Which, which I like, by the way. I mean, it, I mean to put a deadline on it. Hey, here, here's here's what the reality is of the situation. So if you don't move Tuesday, you don't go into the season exactly and move I, them. I, I, well, no, I think you, I think you can, but I think I, I don't think it's a bad thing as you talk about before the season to set a deadline, and then the data can change, and injuries can happen, and teams can underachieve, or a team can pop up and say, "Hey, we're better. We're a few games better than we thought we were going to be, and we need a running back. Let's do it." I, I listen. There's still a lot to happen but the realization like all of these things it's a step closer and yesterday when you find out that six teams have reached out and the Colts do have they may not like them of course and obviously right now uh, they probably don't but listen you got a couple opportunities with a couple deals on the table and that had to be the next step and it is the next step 12 hours and change away from kickoff tonight in Philly again the Colts Shane Sykin has said that they will play a lot of their starters tonight we'll see for how long is it a half? Does it bleed into the third quarter at all? It doesn't sound like Philadelphia will follow suit. So if I have it right here, get ready for Notre Dame legend Ian Book, Marcus Mariota. Is that where Book is? I had no idea. Stanford quarterback T. 
Tanner McKee as the three signal callers for the Eagles, not named Jalen Hurts. Obviously, position battle still to watch for the Colts. Cornerback, tight end, that back end of the receiver. We'll hit on that. Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts. He joins us typically on Fridays. We've bumped him up to Thursday with a game day here. And we'll get a little fantasy football conversation coming up uh, in the 9 o'clock hour with Josh Larkey. We know fantasy football drafts are starting to be abundant this time of year, so we'll touch on that coming up. I did want to mention this before we head to our first break. Um, and Kyle Nenrip, I know, retweeted, uh, I believe it was from Jim Inskeep, the Carmel Athletic Director, a picture last night of their soccer and lacrosse fields up there in Carmel. Uh, just an absolutely tragic story, the loss of uh, their lacrosse coach, 31-year-old Jack Meacham, mm. um, who passed in a uh, two-car collision earlier this week in Hamilton County. The picture of tons of people from the lacrosse community, Carmel community, certainly the Meacham family. Um, it, was, it was a very moving photo um, that was tweeted out last night. So certainly thoughts with everybody, uh, not only Hamilton County, lacrosse-related, but of course the Meacham family as a 30-year-old, 31-year-old Jack Meacham, who was the Carmel High School lacrosse coach, lost his life earlier this week. This is the Wake Up Call. KB and Andy here on a Thursday morning in Indianapolis. The Morning Checkdown. Omaha! 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 On 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Alright, we'll get to some calls here in a little bit. Morning Checkdown. Reds winners last night. Two games. Congratulations over there to KB. 9-4 in the first one. You like the shirt? I do like the shirt. Who uh, who made that shirt? Is that uh, uh, yeah, probably well something in the I don't know trying to sweatshop here. Unfortunately, <laughs> okay. Um, you went right to the sweatshop. Yeah, okay, it took about what a, it, two and a half months for it to get oh, here. But. Oh, did you? So you ordered it way off the internet? Yeah, way from beyond. You know, there's probably one you know in the states. Uh, you know, in the Cincinnati yeah. area that would have an Ellie Dela Cruz uh, pop shirt. up on the Instagram ads <laughs> that suckered me into this. Ah, uh, the Instagram, uh, the Instagram ad. Yes, none Such of those. RBIs, though, for De La Cruz. None of those are coming one. from the United States. And, <laughs> na- and now you know. I had a buddy who would get knockoff jerseys. He still does. From He would set like, you have to send like a Western Union. But they're really, really, they're really pretty good knockoff. Like, they're like, you know, you know they're knockoff. Yeah. You know you're sending like a Western Union from China. buddies that, you know, is able to <laughs> execute that. Yes. How about this for the Reds coming up? Half game up, them and the Cubs, half game up for the final two wildcard spots. The Reds are half game up of Arizona and San Francisco. Their next three series, Arizona, Arizona. San, San Francisco, Francisco, and then the Chicago Cubs. You know oh. it's now, but here come the Red Legs. Oh, boy. You know what they is, call that? Make or break. That is, yeah, that's, what they, that. that's what they call it. Time to sweat if you're a Reds fan again. So, yes, 7-3 was the uh, was the late game last night. You mentioned uh, Mark and his Cubby 6-4 winners over the Tigers, the lowly Tigers. Congratulations. Congratulations, Mark. You they stink. snuck one by. There beat you whoever you can beat. Tonight, 8 o'clock <laughs> kick in Philly. Again, voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor, going to join us coming up here around 9 o'clock. Our coverage will begin at 5. This is your lone national primetime game of the year for the Indianapolis Colts. For those viewing on television, RTV6 here locally, which I know makes a lot of people happy with the Fox and CBS dispute ongoing mm. for many people TV-wise. And you are going to get Al Michaels, Kirk Herbstreet, and Kaylee Hartung on that broadcast. Again, sounds like the Colts will play their starters. We'll see for how long. Philadelphia, though, 
the chatter from their media contingent is likely no starting action. So Colts ones versus Eagles twos. Are right? we going to get to the point at some point tonight where Al Michaels wants to quit? Broadcasting again because that's what happened the last time the Colts were on an Amazon Prime game. A lot of scar tissue from uh-huh. Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreit. What, what game was that? that was Remember the when game last? Oh, uh, was it? Was it, like, was it Al trying to say to Kirk at one point in the game how entertaining the game was, and Kirk was like, "Let's not lie. Yeah, let's, this let's is not entertaining." Out. Do you guys like Herbstreit moving from college and going to the NFL one one day a week? Uh, it's that's fine. A, yeah, it's yeah, fine. It's fine. Yeah. I definitely I like, like him more yeah. on the college front more than I like him. In the NFL, but I mean, you could do a lot worse than Kirk Herbstreit. You guys want to guess on a line for tonight's game? Uh, I'll take uh, take Eagles three and a half. Eagles three and a half. Mark Dykton, your guess on the line for tonight? I'll take Colts minus two and a half. Vegas says Colts minus four and a half. Four and a half. Okay. Marcus Mariota, Ian Book, Tanner McKee, the quarterbacks not named Jalen Hurts. Um, Also, shout out to Zach Eady. Uh, this isn't a hell of an accomplishment, in my opinion, for the Purdue big men. We've talked about Tyrese Halliburton and Team USA over in the Philippines getting things started this weekend in the World Cup. Zach Eady makes Team Canada. That is 12 spots for Team Canada. Among the players, Zach Eady will be with here at the World Cup. You've got R.J. Barrett, Lou Dort, Shea Gilders-Alexander, mm-hmm. who is certainly, and you would know this, Andy, mm-hmm. one of the better play- one of the best players in the NBA that probably household fans don't give enough credit to uh, Dylan Brooks so you know Zach Eady's trash talking could improve there uh, Dwight Powell Kelly Olenek I mean that is solid and that's not even notable NBA name and that's not even Jamal Murray sure uh, obviously Benedict he's had Mather the injury Andrew Nemhard. Yeah. yeah I mean Team Canada certainly could have quite the outfit for 2024 in Paris but Zach Eady I would venture to guess not a lot of collegians uh, making their World Cup team so pretty impressive for the Purdue big man and uh, I guess he won't be starting Classes at West Lafayette for a few more weeks. <laughs> Who needs to start those? Gonna miss opening day those with pe- what, those Fresno pesky State. classes. Uh, we can go to the phones here in a second. Last one, last one for me. I want to get to Anthony Richardson. Last one for me on the checkdown. And and I know he was on with JMV, and we may have him before the season, during the season. But Tom Allen having a starter, not announcing it, is so bleeping Tom Allen. You think um, <laughs> it Ryan really Day is. is losing sleep over the um, possible starting decision? Plus, for the have, let, the, let the kid have his moment that he was named starting quarterback for Indiana football, right? Can the kid just have his moment so newsmen like Kevin Bowen on the morning check down on the fan in Indianapolis can read his name off and everyone can say, well, good for him, right? And then we can move on to the Otani injury or Anthony Richardson, right? I mean, come on. I've said this about the IU football season, and I believe year six for Tom Allen. When you are in year six and the over-under on wins is three and a half, that probably tells you the realtor in Bloomington should start getting a head start on some things if you catch my drift on that end. He is Andy Sweeney. I'm Kevin Bowen. Mark Dykton is with us. It is hotter than hell here on this Thursday morning. We continue to see some high school activities certainly being impacted weather-wise. I know our game tomorrow night, Cathedral and Brownsburg, that's been pushed back a half-hour start. So continue to watch Friday Night Football Week 2 here. See if 7.30, 8 o'clock starts uh, from our normal 7 o'clock. Speaking of that, the fever back in action tonight, 7 o'clock over at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. All right, on the other side, we'll get into this Jonathan Taylor conversation. Again, two offers reportedly, six teams of interest. Is it only a matter of time before a deal gets done here between the Colts and someone else? We'll chat about that on the other side. It's the wake-up call. KB and Andy here on a muggy Thursday in Indy. 
Yeah, it's a Thursday. It's a game day. Reminder, our coverage here on the fan beginning at 5 o'clock. So you get JMV and then you get a hybrid. Then JMV goes from a gas bag to a professional radio <laughs> pregame host for the Colts Radio Network. Do you understand what I'm telling you? I love uh, the term gas bag. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I hope to integrate. What would a Webster's dictionary definition look like of that? I don't know. I haven't looked in a dictionary, shockingly, in a, in a long time, KB. I have, <laughs> I have absolutely no idea. Uh, Matt Taylor will join us at 9 o'clock. We do have some calls. I know we want to get to a couple of them. 239-1070 if you want to hop in uh, there. Just for me, before we do so, we can dive into the Jonathan Taylor stuff here in a second. It's a big deal. It's a huge deal. Uh, for me, KB, tonight, can I just say this? For tonight, we may, you know, as we go here over the next two and a half hours, what do you want to see from the Colts? What do you want to see from Anthony Richardson, okay? I Can, can I just answer for me? Sure. I, I I want to leave tonight, given that it's going to be Colts 1s versus Eagles 2s, to to not feel like that the Eagle 2s won, okay? To not feel like they whipped their ass like we uh, heard that sound yesterday during the joint practice a couple days ago. So th- that would obviously be one. And then for me, it, it felt like in the Buffalo game with Anthony Richardson, it was, you know, he took with the defense, gave him. I know he had the throw over the middle, uh, but, you know, with some dinking and dunking and everything. And then we said a similar thing during the two joint practices with the Bears. And then we said the same thing, right, when he was, what, four of eight against the Eagles and the first team defense there in Philly. And so I'm looking for a throwing game that's simply not dink and dunk, okay? I think, you know, that doesn't mean you're throwing the ball, you know, 65 yards down the field on the reg tonight in the first and maybe second quarters. But just to feel like, yes, you can do that. Yes, please. It's better than an interception or a fumble to, to, to you know, to, to take what the defense Defense is giving you, but I'd like to see at least a couple throws down the field to make you feel better. And I'd like to see at least can I get one of these wild plays from Anthony Richardson today, probably using his feet. So those are the things I don't want to see the corners. Obviously, if AJ Brown and Smith aren't out there uh, to to kind of be abused. But for me, uh, yes, taking what the defense gives you is fantastic. It's fine. It's good. I ain't hating on it. Okay, but what I am saying is I just like to see just a little bit more. I like to see just a little pop to this offense before we go into week number one. Yeah, and certainly, you know, in the joint practices uh, that we've seen so far, that has been kind of the norm with Richardson, a little bit more dink and dunk, which, you know, is certainly not his M.O. uh, from that. So I I agree with you on the, you know, throw a chunk or two in there. Obviously, he had the one that Alec Pierce should have came down with in that preseason opener in Buffalo. Um I think you pretty much covered everything on a Richardson uh, note. I I would say if it is ones versus twos, uh, boy, you would hope that your trench play is able to hold up, more than hold up, frankly, is able to win that battle, whether it's your starting O-line, which I believe had four of their five starters back at practice on Tuesday. Uh, Will Fry's the only one still missing, and a lot of people would you know, maybe like for Will Fry's, I guess, to be missing in terms of looking at different right right guards. So that's a group that you certainly want to see uh, more than hold its own. And then on the flip side of that, I would say your defensive line, especially if the Eagles starting O-line is going to be out. Um, you want to see that unit, which, again, we know that that's what Chris Ballard emphasizes there. You know, if you go back to Saturday, Andy, 
the Colts played, in my opinion, they, they they played 20 of their 22 backups in that game. The only two starters we saw inside of Lucas Oil Stadium. You could probably call Josh Downs a starter. I don't know, maybe Isaiah McKenzie. Josh Downs is going to play a ton, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, would be those two corners, and mm-hmm. that was Daryl Baker Jr. and Dallas Flowers. So, is corner still a competition? I know Darius Rush, the fifth-round pick, a lot of people are high on. He's been banged up. I really like what I've seen from their seventh-round pick, Jalen Jones. And certainly in this market, a lot of people have eyes on the second-round corner. And that would be Juju Brents from Warren Central High School. His availability has not been there. And when he's been on the field, albeit only for a couple of weeks, you just haven't seen a whole lot from him. So is corner still a battle? I I tend to think Daryl Baker Jr. and Dallas Flowers have won those spots, but if they're playing when a bunch of reserves are playing last week, that could mean one of two things. A, they're very inexperienced, which they are, or B, you still want to see some stuff. So uh, that would be an area. And I'll throw one more position. That would be on offense. That would be tight end. Mm-hmm. You know, That's I, where I was going. I know a lot of people have kind of said, uh, you know, what about Mo Cox? Is he a surprise cut? Tight end has been really banged up. I don't think Mo Cox is going to be cut. But I understand why people ask that question. Um, so that group in general, from an availability standpoint, mentioned it yesterday. Jelani Woods, a guy that a lot of people I think have pegged for a breakout season, he would be on the list, Andy, of boy, probably with Julian Blackman, certainly Jonathan Taylor, of guys that just haven't participated a whole lot here in in training camp. So a uh, tight end would be another one that I would throw out. Uh, he's been in shorts the entire time I've been in Indianapolis. <laughs> yeah, he's been he's been on the sideline the so, entire time so I've been in Indy. So he's ready to be a radio host, right? <laughs> so let's let's go, let's do it. Um, you want to take some calls here? Yeah, I know Paul's been hanging in there let's quite get a while. In. Paul was online with us. We weren't able to get to him yesterday. Paul, good morning, man. How you doing? I'm good. How you guys doing? Paul, are you delivering mail in this weather? Uh, yeah, I am, but not yet, but later on Gosh, today. Gosh, man. And, 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 in all seriousness, Paul, before we get to your question, thinking about everybody working outdoors today as well, whether you're Paul, construction workers, man, stay cool as best you can, Paul. Find that shade. I will. Thank you very much. Plenty of water in my cooler. Good. I'll be, I'll be good as far as that goes. Um, now, real fast on this Jonathan Taylor thing, I want to say this. Eric Dickerson, Marshall Falk, Edron James, all elite Hall of Fame running backs. And who's had the best season of them all? Jonathan Taylor. Chris Ballard on Hard Knock said Jonathan Taylor is the best running back he's ever seen. So if that is the case, why is he not trying to re-sign him? You went ahead and you re-signed Naheem Hines before his contract was over. You signed Quentin Nelson. You signed Shaq Leonard. You signed Braden Smith. You did all this stuff with these other players, and the best player that he said he's ever seen at this position, he's not willing to come down. He's not willing to meet him and, and say, okay, let's get something done. You want to get this guy away. He's 24 years old. He's young. He's the best running back he's ever seen. And he's not trying to do anything to make this work. Man, if the coach let him go, I'm going to be so up. Yes, I'm a coach fan. I'm going to be so upset with Chris Ballard and hope he loses his job since he let Jonathan Taylor go. But I will still support the coach. But what they're doing right now with Jonathan Taylor makes no sense to me at all. Paul, stay cool, man. Appreciate it, Paul. Paul's the guy I'm talking about. 
Like, how you feel about this? Like, you know, it's been talk. So, sorry to interrupt, KB. It's been no, talk. It's, it's been talk. lays out some great points. Well, it's been talk. It's been talk. It's been talk. And now it's like, okay, there's a couple offers on the table. And, like, I put this on Twitter yesterday at the Only Sweeney. And, and I know organizations, whether it be a college, an NFL team, the Pacers in the NBA. And we'll find out. I'll find out as we continue this show. Like, for me, you, you trade Jonathan Taylor. There's got to be a come to Jesus with the fans. Hey, here's what we're thinking, right? Guys, we're... We're rebuilding. We needed this second round pick. We needed a fourth round pick. We could not put money. We, we're and, having a change yeah, of philosophy. Yeah, we have a change of we have yeah. a change of philosophy. The way we thought about JT during Hard Knocks and when we were going to draft him and when we moved up to draft him, it just ain't the way we feel anymore. And, and that's you know relationships change. We wish him the best, but we got a haul and now we can go fortify the offensive line, the defensive backs, whatever it may be. We can go get some running backs in the third and fourth and fifth round and get somebody solid in free agency. But uh, I, I think it's been, uh, I, I think once it happens, because I now think it's going to happen. I, I am on the side that You're it's there. going to happen. I'm, I'm absolutely there. I know yeah. some people, I know yesterday Bob Kravitz. I still Kravitz, here in shock. I'm kind of like. Well, that's kind of my point. I'll only believe it when I see, I, to your point, there's a lot of very respected people that feel like it is going to happen. Um, I, I still like. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's a, a sentimental, emotional heartstrings pulling at, at me here. I'll add one more to Paul's point. And Paul you know, laid out leverage points for Jonathan Taylor's agent with that call. Andy, 5.1 yards per carry. That's Jonathan Taylor through his first three NFL seasons. If you look in the history of the NFL, running backs with the amount of attempts Taylor has had, I think it's north of 750. So basically, if you are a starting running back through the first three seasons, in the history of the NFL, no running back has a better yards per carry. None. I mean, we're talking not just, he brought up Colts franchise history and obviously Hall of Famers galore as Paul laid out. But you talk about the history of the National Football League. I feel like the I'm National like Football working League. for NFL Films, or I'm Chris <laughs> Berman right now. No one has a better yards per carry than Jonathan Taylor. And you know, people have asked, okay, is it more offensive line driven? Think about that, Andy. Five point one yards per carry, and name me the quarterbacks Jonathan Taylor's played with. No, I, I mean, name yeah. me the receivers yeah. Jonathan Taylor's played with. Name me the tight ends Jonathan Taylor's played with. It's not like when the Colts get ready to face another team and it's a Tuesday night and that defensive coordinator's like, man, that tight end they got, boy, Matt Ryan going vertical on us. We're really worried about that. That's Matty Ice to you. All the attention yeah. <laughs> is focused around that. By the way, speaking of that, I saw a guy in front of me last night at the concert. Natty, I believe it was a jersey that said Natty Rain, number 14. I said to my wife, you think he drinks a lot of beer? <laughs> Natty, Natty. The personalized jersey. Uh-huh. The personalized jersey. I but thought he was just going to dump a beer on himself, <laughs> which last night, uh, given the weather. No, yeah, would not have been yeah. the worst thing to do. Uh-huh. You mentioned Chris Berman, and I don't know. Mark, I don't know if you caught this. KB mentioned Chris Berman, mm-hmm. and then you said, and nobody. And I thought you were going to say, and nobody circles the wagons like the <laughs> oh, Buffalo God, Bills. Because like, you kind of of did that you kind of man nobody and I thought you were going to do a Bermanism what was the it was he had the bill was it just the bills he picked to win the Super Bowl for like seven straight years or was sure. there also like an NFC team in there oh well it wasn't my team so it, it wasn't the Colts uh no it had to be them wasn't it he's picked the bills all the time Mark is Tony on the flip side of this Tony is not worried about a trade of Jonathan Taylor yeah is that correct good so. let's hear it Tony give us more on that you are right. I guess the reverse of Paul in that you are yeah. not worried at all about moving Taylor 
I am glad I hung in, man. It's been a half hour, but Paul was the perfect lead-in. I mean, of course, Bowler's going to say that. He drafted the guy. He wasn't here for Edron James. He wasn't here for Eric Dickerson, so how the heck can he say it anyway? Um, Andy, welcome to the show. Congrats on the baby coming up. Hey, appreciate it. Thank you. Um, here's my take, guys. All right, and since he's not there, I'm going to give you a Jake-ism with a metaphor analogy because you haven't had one for a while. If I'm a painter and I'm hiring somebody for my job to work with me and he's coming off a shoulder injury, I'm going to hold, have the dude hold his arms above his head for a while to make sure he can paint more than half the wall. All right, going into this summer, everybody... Jake is wrestling in his sleep after <laughs> hearing that. Right, but everybody going into this summer, including Jonathan Taylor, knew what the situation was with the running backs in the league and for him to show up knowing the Colts knowing he wants a lot of money said hey let's just make sure you're healthy if you're going to want all this money so for him to balk about that and supposedly be upset and angry to me shows immaturity and or his agent was pushing him to get money because they both know he's not healthy so the and fact that was, Leonard got paid while he was missing 10 straight days of camp and Naeem Hines got paid guys, apples and oranges I'm Hines. sorry it's not the same thing what about Hines I uh, Naheem? That yeah. was stupid, in my opinion. He got a contract extension. And I think it was the same position. stupid that he got as much money as he did. Yeah. I, I'm just explaining where Taylor's frustration oh, comes I from. I, I, I certainly hear Tony on that end as well. I got um, one more, though, man, before I yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Um, wow, that totally threw me off. Sorry. Um, Take your time. We made you wait 30 minutes. Yeah. Okay? Okay. It's a half an hour. You could have watched an entire episode of, uh, you know, Family Guy or something. He is no joke. Just commuting to the West Side (laughs) to teach, man. It's all good. Um, No, I just think if he was healthy, also, even though he's on Pup, guys that are wanting to show how good they are, he'd be showing some workouts. He'd be showing videos of doing this or that to drum up interest, drum up his asking price, and to look good. If he was healthy, we'd know it. Have a good one, guys. Tony, That's, good luck to the classroom today. They're gonna they're gonna get a fired up teacher here on this Thursday morning. <laughs> what time do they start? Who by the do way, their homework. <laughs> well, I don't know. I feel like schools nowadays is like deeper into the eight o'clock hour uh, when they start. Uh, back, back in our day, we would have been we would have been in period three already by seven forty five a.m. And the other goes to call sum it up well, though. I mean, you you it's have the two sides, two yep. very divided. You know, sections of this debate. Clearly, the Colts and Jonathan Taylor are very divided on this. Um, Tony brings up points that, again, a a, a running back coming off an injury, um, and that's the murky curveball in all of this. That is the conflicting thing, is the injury. Because, again, I have heard extremely conflicting reports on the health status of Jonathan Taylor. Taylor's frustration, again, lies with a... You've paid injured guys. You've paid a running back. Um, to Tony's point, maybe the Colts, whatever. The, the Hyde's move was stupid. However, he 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 labeled that. Um, if I had to side anywhere, I'd probably go a little bit more Paul, to be honest with you, than I would Tony, just because, to me, comes down to one question. Are you helping your guy? Are you helping number five? Are you helping the face of the franchise? In this move, if you were to move him, I think it would hinder the early development of Anthony Richardson. Uh, the, the, the one thing that I wanted to agree, and I kind of liked it at the time, but I don't with Tony, is his last point of well, why isn't JT putting out workout yeah, videos? I'm not, yeah, you, well, well, he's, I can't go social well, media on well, that. Well, it's not even that. He's injured. I mean, the point is he's injured. If he were a free agent, if he were injured and he had like an ACL injury, KB, and he was a free agent, right, and he was trying to prove himself, what would he be doing? Tariq Cohen's going to be doing much of the same. A guy we yeah. didn't bring up, a free agent who you may or may not 
care about. He's a third down back, a special teams player. We can get to him later on. But he's he's injured. Otherwise, if this were, hey, I'm coming off an injury. I am now healthy. Here's how great my body looks. That would be different. Uh, can I play? Go, go ahead. Sorry. Let me just sneak this yeah. in. I, I, and again, I feel like, well, I follow these Colts players on Instagram. I guess part of it's my job. I, I can't recall in the three years of Jonathan Taylor being a Colt ever seen a workout video from him. He just doesn't strike me as a dude that plops the phone up in the corner of the work workout facility and you know whatever asks the summer intern if he can film him doing a three cone drill or something like that i know you want to toss to some audio let me sneak jim in real quick jim tweets and this is going back to paul's call eric dickerson marshall falk edron james also all let go by the colts spot on by jim i don't think those are the apples to apples comparisons with taylor and by that i'll say this again Marshall Falk, you let go of him after year one of Peyton Manning's career. You had Marvin Harrison. You had Tarquin. What did you do? Mm-hmm. You then drafted Edge, number four overall. When you let go of Edron James, whatever it was, six years into his career, he had torn an ACL. You had, you had Marvin. You had Dallas. You had Reggie Wayne. Peyton Manning was in year six or seven. This is what I'm trying to get at, Andy, of... Anthony Richardson in the year 2023 is different than any comparison you can make league-wide, certainly organizationally. Comparing Peyton Manning exiting Tennessee to Anthony Richardson exiting Florida is like whatever. Comparing me to a you know a, the front cover of Men's Health, like I, I mean, couldn't be more polar opposite in in that. So that's why I think we have got to make sure that we just live in this incredibly unique, albeit intriguing, reality of. Anthony Richardson trying to develop and assert himself into the NFL. You can say, well, his game reminds you of fill in the blank, but I mean, you can go. Uh, if okay, you, his if, game reminds yeah, you of Lamar Jackson. But Lamar Jackson played three years. I and covered him. What did him. Lamar Jackson do at Louisville? Yeah, he won the damn Heisman Trophy. He won trophy. the Heisman Trophy. He was in, and he was the entire team. What did Cam <laughs> Newton, what did Cam Newton do team. at Auburn? Uh, you know, again, you hear about Cam, you hear about Lamar Jackson. I mean, hell, even Josh Allen, who really struggled with accuracy at Wyoming, he still got double the starts of Anthony Richardson in college. So this is where there's just no comparison to Richardson, let alone a guy taking... Four overall. Well, even him being analyzed, KB, you see it. Uh, you know, Jalen Hurts forty some stars. Oh, I mean, come on, know? please. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah Jalen Hurts played so much damn football between Oklahoma and Alabama. There's, I mean, no, there's no doubt about it. Even the way it's analyzed, like, well, I don't feel like people are sitting in the NFL saying, okay, how many preseason snaps has Bryce Young got? How many preseason snaps has CJ Stroud got? But guess what? We're going to be doing that with Anthony Richardson. He's probably going to have 25, 30 at least less preseason reps. Uh, than those guys. I was wanting to play uh, just two different things that uh, now I hope by tomorrow I'm able, am I able to play this off the laptop. This no. is something we're going to try, but me and Mark could not get it working today and we both just kind of threw our hands up and said, well, we'll have to go to we'll have, now, to, we'll have to go to IT with this Jake one. Jake would have trouble connecting to the internet and you by day four have already said, let's play audio off the laptop. Yeah. Boy. There's a new there's a new Jake in town. Yeah. Okay? Ha- there's ha- a new Harvard Jake. degree over there from a technological standpoint. <laughs> Uh, Rick Spielman, former general manager, was asked on C- on Sirius XM Radio if he thinks Taylor will end up being traded. I believe if he's going to play this year, he's going to probably have to play with the Indianapolis Colts unless he decides, I'm not going to play for this organization. The Everything that has been said and behind the scenes, I've just, I'm not going to play for an organization that treats me like that. I'd rather just sit out of football than play again. 
uh, until I'm released or until I get an opportunity with another team. But I just can't envision him playing, not that he doesn't want to or, or that another team wouldn't love to have him, just in the situation he's in right now. How is he going to get out of that situation uh, I don't know if that was the clip. I don't know. I, I apologize to Mark. I may have mislabeled those. If we need a mulligan on that, <laughs> if so I have no. Idea. Was, that, was that Spielman one or two? Was that Spielman go take a lap now? Yeah, I, I take don't a lap know. Around Monument Circle, he he might not come back up here after that with, with the I'll heat be, outside. I'll be I'll be morning. I'll be sweating uh, if I do that. Give me Kravitz too, if you don't mind. What about if he Bob Kravitz was on? Yeah, Bob Kravitz was on fire yesterday with JMV. I don't know if you heard it. He was before you and uh you two have a different style of talking about the Colts (laughs) to say the least uh he thought hey what if JT showed up in game eight they're gonna just play this thing out eight game eight is kind of the magic number because you've got to play six games to get in a crude season and uh become become a free agent and the Colts uh, are able to put him on this list for two games. So uh, Chris Jones, in fact, who's holding out with the Kansas City Chiefs, basically said, you'll see me in game eight. So it would not shock me if that's the situation with Jonathan. What if that's the situation with Jonathan Taylor? Again, I think he's being moved. I think in your heart you know uh, there's a great chance, an ever-growing chance he's being moved. What if it's one of those things where it's game eight and then you have a decision to make? You move him middle of the season, which we talked about, or you get him on the back end when you're you know, two and six on the year. Yeah, I need to double-check my Jonathan Taylor, like, a cured season. And I mean this in all seriousness. This is not something that I've looked up in quite some time. My understanding is this. If Jonathan Taylor stays on the pup list, and again, Tuesday at 4 o'clock is the deadline there, he has to miss at least the first four games of the season. At that point, you can then, I think there's a window. I think there's usually like a two-week window, maybe a three-week window where uh, he can practice. Uh, he doesn't count towards your 53-man roster. And then once that window is up or at any point during that time frame, you can bring him up to your 53-man roster or you can put him on injured reserve for the rest of the season. I I don't know. Part of me was like, if you are on IR, like if, I don't know, let's say Michael Pittman tomorrow, tonight goes out and tears his ACL. Oh. Yeah, I know. That was such a pleasant thought by Why me. are you putting I, that into the universe? I was trying to think universe. of someone in, yes. a, in, in, in a contract year for the Colts. Sam Ellinger. Sam Ellinger to contract year? I have no idea. Uh, someone else in that 2020 draft. Danny Pinter tears his ACL tonight. <laughs> there you go. Use Pinter. Um, would, would he be hitting free agency next year? I, I think if you're on injured reserve, it still counts as a season. I could be wrong about that. I would need to double-check that. But if Taylor stays on IR for the whole year, albeit it would be a very... Um, heavily debated reason for being on injured reserve yeah, for the it, entire year. It would year. be a battle. But I think that counts as a season. Maybe I am wrong on that. Um, but again, four games if he stays on the pup list. And then I don't know if the Chris Jones thing is exactly the same considering he's already hit multiple contracts. He's been in the league for much longer than Jonathan Taylor. But again, Andy, this goes back to kind of how we let off the show. You know, the next 96 hours... So much of what the normal conversation for me is about is like, all right, what positions are they going to try to make waiver claims at? Mm-hmm. Are they going to cut the Mo Alley Cox? Mm-hmm. Is John Simon going to get cut? Kind of a former veteran name that got cut early in the Chris Ballard tenure. Do you keep Sam Ellinger? Is Mike Strawn on the roster? You know, all those sorts of questions. And yet it is like, 
Is Jonathan Taylor about to be traded? We have. Is he staying on the pup list? Is yeah. he coming off the pup list? You know, those questions ahead of Tuesday at 4 o'clock. And, I, again, tonight the Colts are, I think, one of two preseason games taking place. Friday and Saturday is where the heavy schedule is here in the final week of the preseason. It sounds bad. It's reality. What the Colts want right now, or at least what I think they should want, is to try and create the biggest market possible for Jonathan Taylor. The report yesterday, two teams have offered, Mm -hmm. six teams have inquired. Well, if those six teams have any running back injuries tonight, tomorrow, or Saturday... That's good news for the Colts, as bad as that sounds. So uh, that stuff, again, we can continue to get in. Uh, We are approaching about 12 hours from kickoff. Uh, What do we want to see tonight from the Colts ahead of their preseason finale in Philly? We'll get to that as well. And again, why Miami? I I think that is something to make a case for because as some people have pointed out, you look at their cap situation, it's not crystal clear. Yet, yes, they aren't paying Tua just yet, but still, they've got some big money guys on that roster, so we can touch on that as well. All right, it is beyond muggy here in Indianapolis. As I said to Paul, from a male person standpoint to a construction worker standpoint, get the wet towels, get the water bottles as best you can. Certainly think about everybody that has to work outside here on this Thursday. I'm Kevin Bowen. He's Andy Sweeney. Mark Dykton with us. It's the Wake Up Call. KB and Andy here, 93.5107.5 The Fan. Is that Mace? I think that's Mace, is it not? Who became, a, who became a preacher and then went back to the rap game. Uh, our, that's true. Our number two, DriveHubler.com Studios. KB and Andy, Mark Dykton producing today's effort as always. Matt Taylor will join us at 9 o'clock. We'll get you ready for that reminder as well. Uh, our pregame coverage here on the fan of the Colts and Eagles begins tonight at 5 o'clock. So JMV will take you uh, into that and then anchor you the rest of the way. Josh Larkey will join us at 9.30. We'll talk some uh, some fantasy footballs. Those drafts will be happening here uh, in the next week or so, right? you got to wait as long as you can, uh, basically, to get those in. So we'll talk with him. Do you draft Jonathan Taylor right now? No. Why would you? Yes. Late? So not at all, Mark? Later. I mean, not like I'm not taking him with my first or second or even third pick. Like, if he's still sitting there in the fourth or fifth round, I guess. But, like, you have to assume that if you're taking him, he's probably not playing at least the first couple weeks at least. So... He's just taking up a spot on your roster. Wouldn't you rather have more, more just go somewhere else or a guy that you know is going to be playing? Yeah, I, I've never understood the um, – well, and again, this comes from someone that's horrific at fantasy football. I've never understood the late July, early August fantasy football drafts. Oh no! Why not just wait? It's 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 stupid. No, you got to do it like this week. You got to do it this weekend, or you got to well, do like it next week. First week of September. I mean, hell, Labor it's Day simple. Monday night. Watch yeah. wait Florida till the State pre- LSU or whatever the Monday night matchup is, and then wait boom, till have a little wait till the preseason is over, and then you do the draft. Anybody that does it before preseason's over, that, that's just idiotic. Injuries yes. and all that stuff. No, thank you. Yeah, you you can't do it. A uh, couple things I want to throw KB's way before we do that. Uh, it was funny. Did you happen to look in your email and see the pictures that we took? <laughs> our, our photo shoot. Did you look at any of those horrific I, photos? You know, I did. And, and my biggest takeaway <laughs> oh, was, man. damn, that cheese and beer keeps going to my neck. 
<laughs> Mine goes to my substantial gut. Well, so whenever that too. I, when, Luckily, when I, there are a lot of waist up shots. <laughs> we need as many my waist up. My neck is up. growing. You you believe you have a growing neck? I got a growing neck. You know, I have multiple chins. I feel like here. <laughs> yeah, you, you need a you need an anti chin endorsement. Mm-hmm. That's what you yeah. need here. Is the camera on the wake add up weight call? Or, or, yes. Or, okay, it adds weight. Okay, all right. Anytime, that's, anytime. That's a little reassuring. Anytime I do something like that, I always think this is why I'm not in television. Yeah. Plus, the television, the people on TV get crushed all the time on what they look like on TV. I should have fasted before that photo shoot there. Well, that's what I told myself uh, for weeks leading into this job. Does it look like that happened last night? I had beer and pizza. <laughs> I was going to say Giacomo's action. <laughs> Giacomo's in there. I know. Oh, I know. It's just it's called lack of self control. I guess. Uh, I wanted to throw this your way, and then I know you got several things. Uh, we've talked so much, and here, you know, sooner rather than later, we might have someone from the Miami Dolphins. You know, someone who follows them on because the Dolphins are one of the teams that are obviously looking at Jonathan Taylor, and they're the leader in the clubhouse on the old DraftKings money line if you want to pick that. The question I had is, and they have a full running back room. I mean, everyone knows uh, Mostert, uh, Jeff Wilson Jr., uh, they drafted a guy, they, you know, Miles Gaskin, Salvan Ahmed, uh, I believe that's how you say his name, Mark, that's a guy you'll be picking up on your waiver wire in For week sure. 12 uh, this year in fantasy football drafts. The reason I bring it up is, you know, I mean, you add Jonathan Taylor to that mix, there's going to be an odd man out, and all those guys are guys that sign small, short deals with the Dolphins. I, I mean, if you, we've talked so much about picks, we haven't talked about getting a running back back. And, I mean, I, listen, I know those guys don't move the needle too much, but do they move the needle at all, where if you said, hey, we can't give you, you know, we give you a two and a five, we can't give you anything more, but we can give you Jeff Wilson Jr. Does no, that do anything no. for KB? No, I, I'd rather take the draft pick. Yeah, I, I'd rather take the draft pick. Uh, picks, and I say that plural. And again, from the Miami side of it, Andy, I'm curious if that's the holdup. Is it the second, and we're basing off of reports here. Obviously, the Colts are going to throw out the initial, you know, this is our 100 out of 100 trade, and we realize some compromise is going to have to happen. You know, are the Colts saying, we need a second and a third, and the holdup is that third? Because Miami... Yeah, they don't have a third and a fourth round pick coming up in April. Um, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't need one of those running backs. Um, yeah, I look at it more from a draft pick standpoint. It, it's interesting, though, to think about the Dolphins and their pursuit of Taylor. You know, Miami, I don't know if it's quietly, but they've made some big moves here recently. Oh, 100% whether it was they have. The trade for Tyreek Hill, yeah. whether it was the Bradley Chubb move, uh, they look at it, and I, I was looking at this yesterday. They're 21 and 13 with Tua as their starting quarterback. That's a pretty good record. 21 and 13. Obviously, it's been when Tua's not playing is where they've had issues and they're a sub 500 team. So they look at this potential move and think, all right, if Tua has to miss time, now we've got a bona fide star running back and that's going to help us try and win those games or not have as poor of a record as we do when Tua's not out there. And then, secondly, and arguably, I'd say more so than any other team in the league. Andy, when you think about the combination of Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, and Jonathan Taylor, yeah, and you think about opposing safeties on a weekend, week out basis, and you're sitting there thinking, "Am I creeping up into the you know to the line of scrimmage to try and shut down Jonathan Taylor, or am I thinking about Tyreek Hill giving me the peace sign as he runs by me?" Like that is the uh, just an unbelievable dilemma that Miami could create with this. Now the question also becomes this: again, draft pick wise, Miami doesn't have an abundance of it. And cap space wise, I, I you know talking to some people around the Dolphins, it is a 
boy, they're going to have to make some moves here to try and make room for Taylor. Again, financially, they're not paying Tua just yet, but still. But they're going to have to make a decision. some other big contracts on that. Well, J- we forgot about Jalen Ramsey, too. You talk about big splashes. I mean, they went out yeah, and got Ramsey, him. Yeah, Ramsey, good point. And he's, he got banged up, right, early in early in Yeah, camp, they think he? he'll be back week one-ish. So I, I'm curious, is that second day two pick, is that kind of forcing the pause from Miami in this? Now, if the Colts have two offers supposedly on the table— I'm totally fine with the Colts waiting to get through this weekend. Because, again, I think you let the preseason cycle play out. You see if other injuries occur. I don't think there's going to be many teams. Maybe there will be. I don't think Miami's going to sit here on Saturday night and be like, Jeff Wilson just had 10 carries for 88 mm-hmm. yards in our preseason game. We're, g- we're good. We're good. Right. You know, I, I don't think they are going uh, down that, that path. And, obviously, they're in a loaded division and all of those things. So, I can't really sit here and make a strong case. Obviously, there's another team that's made an offer. Is that Denver? Uh, that's the team that I've kind of thrown out there. Um, NFC-wise, no one jumps out. I know we've kind of debated Mark's Bears, but I'm not totally sold on that. Obviously, there's Colts connections in multiple spots around the NFL. There's four head coaches in the NFL that have coached Jonathan Taylor, which is kind of crazy when you think about Frank Reich, Nick Sirianni, Jonathan Gannon, and Matt Eberflus. So uh, that's pretty wild. I have a guy that's only been in the league for three years, and you've got four of the 32 head coaches that have coached him. So uh, Miami, to me, for multiple reasons, seems like the one most likely. And I know this is going to frustrate a lot of Colts fans. Uh, Malki Kawa, the agent for Jonathan Taylor, uh-huh. Miami resident. <laughs> and you can sift through some... Likes of tweets that ha- which seems a little insider trading. If I'm, I don't know if that's the right phrase to use, but um, p- people ask me like, uh, is, is he tampering here? Uh, I think you got to prove a lot to get to the tampering point, but there seems to be some convenient interest in the Dolphins, if you will. Can't you uh, just say you were hacked if things happen? My account was hacked. <laughs> I don't know what happened. That's always, what you can say. Always, yeah. Well, 100%. you know, I was hacked. Someone uh-huh. gu- someone guessed my password. Yep. Elon took over. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you just go there. It's not Twitter. It's X now. Do you guys care about AFC to AFC? No, or is it because no the Colts are in no such care. a rebuild? Just no. give me the damn picks and yes. we'll move on? Best trade package, period. I don't think it matters even if it's in division. Yeah, trade you're the Whatever, for all take, I care. whatever the best not, deal is, that's all you got Derrick Henry's n- n- not going to lead to that, but yeah, best deal. Yeah, you're in no position to, I think, have a major like, oh my gosh, that's that's the rival. They're on the schedule for this year. No. There's not one team. There's not one team. I mean, yeah, you have a hated. You have a hated team. You're like, listen, even if it was going to be a Colts better fans pick. would say Patriots. But well, that would no. be the one. Yeah, they're not going to do it. They have Ezekiel Elliott. Whatever's left of him. Even at that point, Hint, I mean, nothing. who cares? You play the Patriots once every couple of years, big deal. The Rams? Is this the uh, other team that I'm seeing here? No, who's putting that up? Is, is that uh, is that in the that's not in the YouTube chat, is it? Fitch just uh, tweeted this uh, this link at me about the Rams. Boy, what what are the Rams now? <laughs> now, that's not something I figured was going to be asked at 8-11 today. What are the Rams I, I, now? Like, are they're they waiting s- for Caleb Williams. That's what the Rams or Drake made. Are that's, they there? Oh, I think they're probably there, aren't they? Are they so good? Stafford, Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald are waiting for Drake May. I, I, I mean, I don't know. And, and, they, they were bad last year. I know that sounds year. devil's advocate, but I'm literally, I don't know. Like, I don't what, know what I mean, they are. Yeah, I don't Sean know McVay what they in are. Is the broadcast booth, or is he still coaching? I mean, right now he's coaching. Boy, he'd be good in that that uh, that booth. You know he got married, right? Would he you, be too smart? 
Didn't Ukra- he- Uk- uh, Ukrainian supermodel. Again, that's an Instagram follow by me. Well, her, not Mc- <laughs> her, not McVeigh. Like, Try first- sliding in her DMs there. <laughs> the Rams have their first first round pick since like 2016 coming up. That's kind of crazy. <laughs> they just yeah, give it up. There's no way they have draft picks to. I mean, I'm, if, if, if what I'm looking at is accurate, they have a first, a second, a third, a fourth, a fifth, and like four sixth rounders. Brian, great seeing you at the golf outing. He chimes in here. Take it from me. You need to grow a beard to hide all that neck stuff. All right. Noted. Hide the cheese and beer neck with hair. Well, that's what I. That's uh, basically what I've done. That in black clothing. <laughs> that is outstanding. Bye, bye, Brian. I went in because I'm trying to get more voices. I'm trying to get my Colts followers up uh, on Twitter and everything. Uh, you know, and everything. We might get a text line in here. At and the I only just, Sweeney. Yes, thank you. Uh, and I went in and I and I just checked the YouTube chat. Uh, in-depth discussion on the GOP debate last night. I said, "Well, we'll just exit that." I no- forgot that I was missing the uh, missing the old. Did you when you were looking at sure how much when, you when I was singing LAR there? When you were singing with Johnny Resnick, fifty-seven-year-old lead singer, <sighs> the Goo Goo Dolls. Johnny was struggling, frog in his throat last night. Uh, l- let's get to Terry. Terry, you had a comment, uh, Taylor related. Good morning, boys. Hey, has anybody come up with a name for that god awful face that? the player currently wearing number 28 wore into training camp. Has anybody come up with a name for that? Like maybe super angry toddler, but more importantly, if we don't have a name for it, can you figure out where the hell it came from? I suggest March 15th. You got to help me here. March fifteenth. Uh, I'm not following St. Patrick's Day, the start of free agency, the first day of the NCAA tournament, first day of spring. No, he got a new boss. He was married on March fifteenth. <laughs> Are you a- married, Terry? Have you been married multiple times? Are those two uh, personal questions? Oh man, I'm on number three. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! I the forgot veteran, Taylor. I guess I forgot Taylor did get married early, earlier this offseason. I thought he was referencing the agent. I had no idea what what he. I had no idea what Terry was referencing. Appreciate knowing it, the date of the wedding. Hey, good for him. Was Terry that's there? What, that's what fans do. Where did he get married? I'm sure it wasn't here. Let me guess. It was in Miami. <laughs> did he get married in Miami? Did he get married in Wisconsin? There. Where did he? Where did Jonathan Taylor get married? In fact, you know what? I'm looking that up. I don't feel satisfied this morning on the wake up call until I figure that out. One uh, one thing to look for tonight, and I guess. W- He's not going to be out there, but I do think it's one bummer from a storyline that has been very positive for the Colts here through the first couple of weeks of camp, and I guess now all of camp, uh, is the Shaquille Leonard thing. Concussion protocol. Yeah, that's a big deal. So he did not travel to Philadelphia. That was Wednesday, the joint practice Wednesday with the Bears, so a little over a week ago now. Um, Leonard, I think this is his third concussion. The thing that we talked about last week with the Leonard storyline, Andy, was this. He has shifted the, the the topic for him from quantity of reps to quality of reps. And I, I, I don't know. This might sound weird. This might sound creepy. But we have great access at training camp. I mean, you've been out there, Andy. I mean, you're literally, what, five feet away from watching mm-hmm. these guys practice. And if you look at Leonard and you look at his right leg versus his left leg, I mean, just two polar opposite definitions from... Really? Yeah. And, and again, he's had this ankle issue that's 
pain through the calf that's led to back surgeries, left leg wise. It, it looks like a totally, you know, I, I, I make this analogy a lot. You know, the varsity games tip off at 7.30. The JV games tip off at 6 o'clock. The right leg's a 7.30 game. The left leg's a 6 o'clock game. It's just, and it's wild to see that. And obviously, he's been through a ton physically. But I bring all of that up to say, you're paying Leonard $20 million annually. You're paying him to be one of the best linebackers in the league. That's just the reality of the contract he signed and what you need to get from him to feel like you're getting that proper return. And now with this concussion, he played the six snaps in the preseason opener. He was nowhere near any sort of plays in that opener. I don't say that to act like he was running away from stuff. I just, you know, in, in six snaps, sometimes you don't yeah, get it. It's a possession. Yeah. yeah, sometimes you don't get a whole lot of action. Um, but he will enter the regular season having yet to make a tackle. You know, he didn't play in the Bears preseason game, of course. You know, obviously isn't going to play tonight. So I do think that is now the question with Leonard. He's going to play in 2023, and that wasn't a guarantee a month ago. That was a question. He will play. Now it's how is he going to play? How much is he? Is he in every snap guy? That, I think, is a little bummer to tonight when you see the starters out there. Uh, he will not be one of those starters, and I think that's a question to monitor here as we get into the month of September and we start talking about actual games that matter. If Jonathan Taylor, if that entire situation, if if it wasn't happening, Richardson would be story one. Would Leonard be story two? Do you think right now, especially with him having a concussion and everything you just said, yeah. maybe he wouldn't. It's just we're not mentioning him it much, and it's obvious they need him. I mean, yeah, concussion protocols, you know, tricky. To that point of like ranking storylines, Andy, it is crazy where we're at with the Colts. And like the Richardson storyline in the last uh, 60 years of Colts training camps would be one, two, or three on the list of most intriguing. The Taylor news would be in the top 10 of that. Like Leonard, an all-pro guy who's barely played football in two years and it's a back and it's ankle. That would be like kind of high on that list. The Colts have all these massive storylines. And I touched on it very briefly yesterday, but like, a position like left tackle and pass rusher with Quiddy Pay and Bernard Ryman, those are big storylines in a normal camp. This just hasn't been normal. Michael Pittman as a free agent wideout. It's been a while since the Colts have had like an indecision over a former second round pick that was borderline first round pick and a historically great wide receiver draft that Justin Jefferson and all those guys were were in. And it's like, oh yeah, Michael Pittman's in a contract year. Like there are so many angles to the Colts onion here. So many layers to the Colts onion here. And yet, very understandably, the Taylor and Richardson ones dominate more than any other. Uh, it's uh, Ayanna. Ayanna, I believe, is how you say her name. Mrs. I, I, Taylor? Yes, Mrs. Taylor. Or I did the not, new boss, they, as Terry said. They, they were high school uh, sweethearts. How about that? Is Terry going third time's the charm? Yeah, but Terry also was was kind of wrong. And, and listen, I don't know if this is a show about facts or not. Uh, you probably a little bit more than me, a little bit more than Jake uh, in your <laughs> in your in your radio history. It's March sixteenth, Terry. They oh, were uh, you were a missed day, it by a day. You were a day off. I think March sixteenth was actually. I need to look that up. I feel like that actually was the Thursday of the NCAA tournament. Hang on. Yes, it was. <laughs> Yes, it was. I only remember so the Badgers that for- weren't in it this year, right? Or, or or did they make it? I always I thought this was kind of a down year for the Badgers. Purdue was just days away oh, from dude. making the history. Oh, Kentucky just days Do you think away. Terry, Terry can recall the date of all three <laughs> of his weddings. 
If you have a third, do you even have a third wedding? If you have a third wedding, do you do a third bachelor party? Oh, boy, you got to. You have to, you don't to. you? Yeah, I know some guys who did like... It and was that like, eliminates all friends? It was like fourth, fifth marriage, and like he was like, yeah, we're going to Cancun, and everyone was like, dude, it's like your fourth or fifth marriage. Do you get gifts you're, still, or is it kind of like, all right, you've got everything from no the last gifts. two. Yeah, yeah. How yeah, many you, toaster makers? Yeah, you get, a bread ma- you get a bread maker. But I, I am curious, would the friend group embrace the third bachelor party saying, hell yeah, midlife uh, crisis yeah, for us, yeah. we're going, or hell no, dude. We're not doing that. We've already spent enough money on you. No, I think this is very clear. Men, yes. Wives, no. <laughs> if you brought that home and said, honey, you know, fill in the blanks, going to have their fourth uh, trip to Cancun or whatever. I don't know why I keep bringing up Cancun. Jamaica. I don't know. A place that it's easy to get to when you fly. Uh, I would imagine wives, not, wives and girlfriends not happy. Guys, absolutely. At least that's how I view it. I'd be on that plane. I'll be on that plane. I might have a couple buddies that might hit three. <laughs> I got a couple buddies on two already. <laughs> uh, we'll see how many quarters are Anthony Richardson tonight. Will it's it going to be one. Will it's it going to be, be one, isn't it? One and done. You think? I, I, I'd I mean, like to say a whole half. I'll take the under. I, I you're probably right. He didn't play at all the last game, and at you got to start. Think, of the, yeah, yeah, I mean, at the start of the preseason, Mark. I remember you and I had this conversation at camp. You know, four and a half. That uh-huh. was the amount of quarters that I threw out there. Of the twelve quarters you get in these three preseason games, he's obviously going to hit the under on that. He ain't playing three yeah, and a half mm-hmm. quarters tonight. He played a lot week one. I mean, to be fair, twenty nine snaps in that first preseason game. That's about half a football game. No, he did. Even though he exited after quarter one, it was a lot of work for the offense. Uh, in those in those um, three series of work, but you also have to think though this is the last real work they're going to get before the season opener now. So if you really want to get some reps in, you better today's the day to do it. Yeah, it, it's funny how that storyline for the preseason finale has changed. It used to be just you're playing the undrafted free agent out of Valdosta State seventy snaps tonight, and like, dude, you're not coming out. You're playing every special team. You're doing all that. Whereas with the Colts tonight. It sounds like the starters are going to play a lot. Starters, I would have questions about playing just due to their health status. Again, we have, obviously, Taylor. We have not seen Jelani Woods for several weeks now due to a hamstring injury. Mo Cox returned to practice on Tuesday. Is one practice enough? Ryan Kelly's in that boat. He returned to practice on Tuesday. Is that enough? I believe Will Fries missed, so that would be the right guard. Uh, on defense, DeForest Buckner was back to practice after missing... Probably a couple of weeks. Again, is one practice enough for Buckner? Uh, Again, no Leonard. I think Kenny Moore should be good to go. I'd assume Julian Blackman. Uh, So defensively, they should have pretty much their full starting 11 outside of uh, Leonard. One of my my buddies, uh, producer extraordinaire, one of my former producers, a big Colts fan, KB. Yeah. uh, He was on the air one time and was talking about Buckner and uh, switched out the B for an F. Whoa. uh, One time on on accident, right on the air. Had to hit the old dump button there. Did we get to the dump? (laughs) Yeah, we got to the dump. By the way, I might have to bend the knee to Terry. I'm going back and looking. The Indianapolis Colts on March 15th put out a congratulations to Jonathan Taylor on his marriage. Look, Terry is So all Terry might be right. It. He might be right on that a one. Public Taylor. apology from Andy Sweeney on the wedding day I'm on just, the nuptials. I'm blaming I'm blaming Google. I'm Mr. blaming the internet. Taylor. It's not my sweetheart. fault. Yes, it's not my fault. It's the internet's fault. You had something, Mark? I was just wondering if he, if Terry must have been like sending wedding gifts or something. He knows a lot about this wedding. <laughs> An Amazon gift card. Yeah, Terry's writing a book on the do's and don'ts from <laughs> from some veteran of multiple. <laughs> Here's a hundred dollar gift card to Buca de Beppo. 
Uh, we've got Matt Taylor joining us here in about a half hour. Again, we'll talk a little fantasy football coming up around 9.30. That'll be Josh Larkey as we get set for some fantasy football drafts. We will give away. Should we go back to the YouTube chat, Mark? Give away a spot in the league? Got five spots left. Let's go uh, Let's go the U- YouTuber today. Andy Swinney, I'll put you on trivia duty. Okay. Um, so we can think about that here, and we'll give that away a little bit later in the show. Before all of that, Mark, you know how to lead off the morning checkdown. The morning checkdown. Omaha! 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 On 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. <clears throat> Oh, you need to really? Um, You're one of those now? It's a sweep. But here come the Red Legs. It's a sweep, and it's a current wild card spot for the Cubs and the Reds right now. Uh, Doubleheader yesterday in Anaheim. Did any of you guys catch the Shohei Otani, Ellie De La Cruz interaction on second base? Yeah. Ellie's like, Are you real? De La Cruz kind of poked Otani and and gave him, like, Are you real? And then Otani referenced the little, like, check swing. I know is kind of the right way to put it, but certainly. Um, De La Cruz didn't get all of the bat on a particular ball, uh, which got all the way to the wall. And it was kind of a cool moment between certainly two uh, pretty special baseball players, obviously Otani in a different level, than De La Cruz. But Ellie was six ribbies in game one yesterday. That's why I'm rocking the shirt here on this Thursday morning. Again, a sweep of the Angels. But, oh boy, coming up for the Reds, they've got San Francisco, then Arizona, then Chicago. Just look at the wild card standings right now. Mm-hmm. San Francisco is a half game back of Chicago and Cincinnati for the final two wild card spots. So is Arizona. And then, of course, the Reds and the Cubs right now, both sitting there in the second and third wild card spots. Uh, now or never. Now or never. For now or never. Oh, it's a now or never. Okay. I mean, it's got to mo- be, right? I, listen, I'm with you. Uh, Indianapolis Indians 9-4 over the Iowa Cubs. I also wanted to bring up this, just in news, it's not a score. Uh, but, I, I mean, listen, Trey Lance was taken so damn high in what, number three overall. The 49ers gave up three first-round picks to move up and get Trey Lance. He is now third string. Sam Darnold beat him out for the backup spot. Kyle Shanahan announcing that yesterday. And then on top of it, it basically became known they've been trying Trying to move Lance now for you know the entire preseason, and we shall see if that's something that you know, if a team bites on that. Go ahead. Who's going to give Trey Lance a chance? And by that, somebody and Vikings. By that, Vikings. Okay, Vikings. They wanted. They the, were a team that they liked had quarterback him. Interest they, they were a team drafting. that liked him. You know, a couple years ago when he came out, that makes a lot of sense. And I bring that up of like who's going to give him a chance, and emphasis on the give him a chance. Andy, his last. High school football season, his senior year is 2017. Since that season, he's made 20 starts in his career. It's unbelievable. Yeah. 2017. I yeah. mean, the year is 2023. He had the one season in North Dakota State. Then he had the one game during the COVID year because yeah. they didn't play during the COVID year. And he's made, what, four starts in the NFL? Yeah. And one of the starts, and I can't remember, remember it was against the Bears and it was raining? Remember how bad remember how bad that game was? Now, a couple different things. Justin you, Fields did the slide in the rain. Yes, he did. Uh, Warren Sharp. Do you guys follow Sharp football at all? Warren yeah, he's Sharp. like the super analytical guy yeah, about the NFL. He, he is. He supposedly hits like 64% of his bets, which he battles people about if that number is real or not. Here's what he had to say. The 10 players drafted after Trey Lance. You ready for this? Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell, Panay Sewell, is that how you say it? J.C. Horn, Patrick Sertain II, Devontae Smith, Justin Fields, Micah Parsons, uh, Rashawn Slater, Bill Barnwell of ESPN, okay? 
in return, now remember this, the Niners moved up from 12 to 3 to get Lance. In return, Miami moved to 6 and they got Jalen Waddle. Philly moved down to 10. They took Devontae Smith right in front of my New York Giants. Dallas then drafted Parsons at 12. Miami used their other first rounders from the Niners to get Tyreek Hill and Bradley Chubb. One of them's how you run an organization. The other isn't. It's crazy. Like I, the 49ers I, are still really but, good, but, but, and, and they made that deal. Th- like, th- it's that's wild. What's, that's what's crazy. Yeah, they're when, the outlier. When they made the deal, I believe... I believed in Kyle Shanahan so much that I thought Trey Lance was going to be a stud. Well, and it was also a reminder, and I've brought this up before, how guys like Andy Reid, whether it was Alex Smith to Mahomes, Sean McVay, um, you know, and thinking, okay, we've got Jared Goff, we need to go Stafford. Uh, San Francisco, you know, Jimmy G, I guess it would have been to Trey Lance. It's all these kind of offensive masterminds saying, yeah, we've got competent quarterback play, but we need more. And again, San Francisco, you, you could still make the argument that they need more. Um, but yeah, that's uh, where Trey Lance ends up. Does he ever get a full season and health has hurt him? Uh, that would be something certainly to keep an eye on. Again, mentioned this in the opening hour, but shout out to Zach Eady. He makes Team Canada for the upcoming World Cup in the Philippines. The USA action will get underway Saturday morning. I think it's Greece, New Zealand, and maybe Jordan. Those are the three group games for the United States. But Zach Eady with several very notable NBA players, Shea Gildress-Alexander, R.J. Barrett, Dylan Brooks, Lou Dort. Uh, He makes Team Canada. So do you think he'll be excused from classes here to begin his whatever it is, his senior year at Purdue, is it a senior year? Maybe. It's what, what's his? Uh, what's his? What's his major? Do, do we know? Is he? Zach Eady strikes me as a guy that actually goes to class. But if I were him, yeah, I, he does. I, I probably wouldn't. You imagine how he feel. If my dad knew you were in my class, right? Can I get a selfie? <laughs> Well, it was the star, oh, uh, Reese from LSU, who said she doesn't go to class. Angel? She, uh, Angel Reese, yeah. She does all of her classes online because, you know, she gets mobbed everywhere she goes because she, she's such a celebrity. <laughs> that, yeah, that's the excuse I use, too. I can't go to class today. I'm going to get mobbed. Give me the, uh, can you give me the sounder one more time? I have one more here. Oh, the, swoosh it. Uh, yeah, swoosh it. Uh, do you know the captains for Indiana football? Yes. How about that, Tom wow, Allen? Oh, gosh. I Cam, did not know that you Cam were going Cam Camper, there. Andre Carter, Aaron Casey, Noah Pierre, uh, and Mike Caddick. And uh, if that's not how you say your name, Mike, I apologize to you and yours. Ohio State a week from Saturday? Yep. I think it's good to start the season. I think it's good to get that out of the way. What, the Ohio State game? Yeah. Get that drubbing out of the <laughs> right, way. Yeah, right? Just get 42-17 to 17 out of the way. What's, Just, the, what's the early line on that one? Oh, it's got to be 20 and a half, you think? I'm going to go north of that. You're going to yeah, go north? 28 and a half. 28 and a half? Wait, hang on. It's a 3.30 kick, by the way, coming up a yeah. week from Saturday. That's the CBS game. Is it really the that's CBS the, game? That's the first CBS game, yeah. It's uh, 29. Look at Mark. What'd you say? Twenty eight and a half? Mm-hmm. Nailed that. Twenty nine. Ball State's at, at Kentucky week one. Yes, they are. Kentucky doesn't play anyone for the first month of the season, so they can get to their six wins and get all their bonuses as a coaching staff. Purdue hosting Fresno State again. Notre Dame Navy. That is a two thirty kick coming up week zero. I would say the only other real team of note coming up on Saturday. You've got USC hosting San Jose State here as college football gets underway in a couple of days. All right, more on the Colts tonight. Again, 8 o'clock kick from Philly. Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, joins us in a bit. 
It's hot. It's steamy. It's muggy. You know the drill. Good luck today. Wake up call. KB and Andy, 93.5, 107.5, the fan. Matt Taylor going to join us at the top of the hour, voice of the Indianapolis Colts. Matt Taylor looks younger than he sounds to me. Is that okay to say, KB? Oh, yeah. He's, 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 the a youngest. Young, he's a young How old is he? He's a young guy. For a while there, he was the youngest play-by-play voice in the NFL. Well, Matt who, Taylor is Mark Dykton. Feel free to back me up or disagree. 38. That sounds about right, yeah. Who beat him out? Which team? Do well, we have I, any idea? I, I know for a while he was the youngest. I, I don't know if he still is, I guess is why I said that. Maybe we can ask him. Yeah, because you know some of the teams have some very old men, right, that are still doing them. My man Matt Taylor, how about that? He'll join us uh, at 9 o'clock. Now, I always wonder, do the, do the play-by-play guys have like a, like a group chat like across the NFL? That'd be pretty fascinating to be on that. Yeah, is there a chat. slack for NFL yeah. radio play-by-play uh-huh. voices? Yeah, I, I would think at the very least you're close with like your AFC South counterparts. Yeah. Okay. I would, if I were Matt Taylor, I would be calling. Who's the Eagles play-by-play voice? Uh, we know I believe it's Merrill Reese who has been there since you know for fifty years. So the big ones are like what is Dave Pash still with the Cardinals? Oh boy, now you're quizzing me. I I, know, I, I do not know. Maybe no. this is boring media <laughs> stuff that no one cares about. I have no idea if Dave Pash is the Cardinals. Was yes, Boog Shambi with the Jets, or am I imagining things? Uh, Boog is not with the Jets right now. I don't now. think so. No, no. Boog is obviously with the Cubs. Yeah. I thought at some point he was an yeah, NFL. Pash is. Oh, I'm thinking Pash of... Pash is um, a Cardinal. Boy, I can picture him right now. ESPN guy. Um, does college basketball. Jets guy. Bob was shoesing. Yes. That's him. That's who I'm thinking Th- of. That's who it is. Not Boog Shambi. Well, let me obviously. go Let me go the other way. Your guy, you guys are acting like they like each other. Do they? Are we sure they like each other? I mean, usually, I mean, sometimes broadcasters can get like this, right? <laughs> the Vikings you, guy is kind of crazy, like right? You Whatever can, his name is. Paul Allen. Well, Paul see, Allen. I loved him when uh, Favre threw that pick. Why did he throw that pick? You can't throw that pick. Remember yeah. when he did that oh, yeah. In, yeah. in New Orleans? Emotions Come got on. the best of him there. Which, honestly, isn't that kind of what you want, I guess, out of that? Good. Gene Deckerhoff with the Bucks at like 76 years old. I'm sure he's got some thoughts on things. Then you got Matt Taylor. That, that would be a pretty interesting. I got group uh, chat, I, feel I got like. scolded. You guys know who Eli Gold is by any chance? He's the uh, play-by-play voice for the Alabama Crimson Tide. I, I do not know. I know um, Eli Apple. In a uh, yeah, me too. He's a bum. He's uh, <laughs> he was a, he was a high draft pick for my New York Giants. No, uh, Eli Gold one time scolded me that the host that I was producing for asked questions that were way too long and he did not appreciate it and wanted me and wanted me to pass along to this host uh to work on his question asking skill how about that he left me a three-minute voicemail i deleted it until this day i'm upset that i deleted it because it could have been something that you know i could have impressed you guys with that we could have played it on the uh we could have played it on the air or something like that any more reason to root against alabama (laughs) there you go like like you need it uh obviously tons and tons of nfl colts Jonathan Taylor, Anthony Richardson related chatter. We'll continue that. Coming up this weekend, uh, Team USA for Tyrese Halliburton as he experiences World Cup play. They now officially get that started with pool play in the Philippines. So I believe it's Saturday and Monday morning. You're going to get some like 840 tip-off Oh, that's great, man. I'm ready for this. We'll be having that on in studio. Um, I think this is such a great experience, Andy, for Tyrese Halliburton um, on many levels. And one, I think, is certainly you expose yourself to other players, um, marquee players around the NBA. Um, and Bobby Portis. <laughs> and Bobby Portis. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Uh, I apologize to, to world champion Bobby Portis. 
Team USA tends to have a lack of a big men issue uh, throughout this thing. Um, there was a quote from Austin Reeves, who was on Team USA, uh, I think early on in the process, just absolutely gushing about what it's like to play with Halliburton. And I bring that up, Andy, because you know now Halliburton gets exposure to 11 guys that you would all, maybe not Bobby Portis, but several of whom you would like to be on the Indiana Pacers. Mm-hmm. And we know how this league operates. This league operates with you know teaming up and you know trying to build these sort of quote-unquote super teams. And Halliburton, I don't think, has been shying away from the this is part of my Team USA uh, sort of process of I would like to show guys what it's like to play with me and to potentially attract some talent of that Team USA roster. Anybody stick out to you as some players, maybe down the road, that you'd like to see the Pacers try and pursue? Okay, well, I think there's two. I think there's guys that are on like oh, the highest level in the NBA, and then there's like the the guy who's uh, in the second level of the NBA, and that's not you know denigrating them. For instance, Cam Johnson, right? It's a fine player. Cam Johnson though is is kind of a second level player. You would agree with that? I mean, it's obvious he's not a top level player. If you made me pick one, it would I would be, take Cam Johnson on the Pacers. hundred uh, percent. Now he just signed a four year deal. Now we were talking about this during the break. The problem with all this is all these. These guys have contracts, right? They're all locked in. Uh, they're going to be faces of their organizations, or like Austin Reeves, a, a you know he signs a deal in the offseason, probably took less money, did take less money to stay with the Lakers. You know who I've, I, I've, I've, I've kind of. I don't know. I, I've I've kind of appreciated his value more. Would be Jalen Brunson. So if you said one guy on the team, I believe Jalen Brunson. Isn't that a bit redundant? With it it is. How, it's a hundred percent redundant. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about it. Uh, but he he would be one. I don't know. Probably Brandon Ingram too, on that list. I, maybe I, for me. I'm gonna go Jaron Jackson Jr. Okay. Um, not just local product, but I think he's an extremely talented big guy, and, and kind of you know gives you a little bit more of a modern look to the big man. Um. Mikael Bridges would probably be the other one that I'd throw in there. I guess Cam Johnson from a wing standpoint. That Austin Reeves quote, by the way, was was this. The way Halliburton plays just empowers everybody. He likes to run in transition, and he gets everybody involved. I don't know if he took two or three shots in our scrimmage, but he probably had five, six, seven assists. And just the way that he plays and gets everybody involved is something that I enjoy. Um, we saw the Germany game over the weekend where they were down like 16, I think it was, in the third quarter. And Halliburton actually probably more as a scorer is what kind of flipped the switch for Team USA in that game. And that's something, Andy, that I was really impressed with Halliburton last year. It's like, I know he can game manage. I know he can Alabama quarterback his way of, yeah, it's easy to get the ball in Jerry Judy and Jalen mm-hmm. Waddell and Jamison Williams' mm-hmm. hands. But what if you've got to be a little Bryce Young from last year and you don't have the slew of first-round picks around you? Can you do that? And Halliburton, there were times last year where it was like, damn, I mean, 20, 25 points, night in, night out, like legit score. And we saw it with Germany, who has you know several NBA players in their lineup. He did that for Team USA in that run. So, um, again, New Zealand coming up Saturday, 8.40 a.m. Greece, I don't think Giannis is playing for no, Greece. he hasn't. Um, no. Can't believe he would. Coming up on Monday, uh, and then Jordan. I can't tell you too many players on Jordan. <laughs> Mark, you want to break down that roster for us? I like Michael Jordan a great deal. <laughs> He's one of my favorite players I, of all time. I, I forgot Team USA got seventh in the World Cup in 2019. If I'm not mistaken, I want to say Miles Turner was on that team. 
to That's a great memory for you. To remind you of what Team USA big guys look like right now. I mean, Walker, Walker Kessler. Kessler, the Wal- big man Walker right Kessler is on the team. I should have said him. I thought about it. Hey, Andy, uh, who would you like to see? You know, if Halliburton could recruit anyone to the Pacers, who would it be? You know, it's Walker Kessler. This Walker Kessler guy from Auburn. So are we are we thinking Rams and Dolphins for these two teams that have offered? I mean, Dolphins, it's been very public that they are the other. Is there any other team? That you is it Broncos? Is it Bears? We, is it Ravens? I, I'll I'll roll with the Rams. I mean the Rams they tried the Cam Akers thing last year and it didn't work out. And so can they sell Cam Akers again? But you made the great point of what are they? What what are the Rams? They're not contending now, right? I mean they're not. So but you're still you're still doing this. McVay did say, hey, I'm in this for the long haul on in the offseason, right? Remember because everyone everyone thought he was gonna go to television, which by the way, he would be fantastic as a media guy. I mean he would work out. Everyone's like he's uh, well he's John Gruden. Yeah, but I think he also might be a little bit nicer than John Gruden on top, on top, on top of it. It would have less controversy as well. Yeah, broadcast booth and Spending life with Mrs. McVeigh wouldn't be the end of the world. No, I mean you can make you can make more money in the broadcast booth. You can make as much money. Hell, if you're a coach, you can make more money, right? And guys are signing ten million plus yeah, those, a year. The guy hours. would sign a hundred. You know, Gruden had a hundred million dollar contract. Those hours just absolutely insane. Uh, picks for the Rams coming up in twenty twenty four. They've got round one, two, three, four, five. So yeah. it looks like yeah. they've got they have all everything. Their yeah, kind of normal. Um, allotment after they spent years just trading away picks, trading away picks. Yeah, you know, I may have been wrong about them. They're a team that... You know, obviously two years ago, and then last year, everything went wrong for them. They had injuries on top of injuries. They didn't know if their coach was going to be there. Their quarterback was gone. I mean, so if you sell it as, okay, this is a team that doesn't mind taking some shots. They're in a they're in a big market. It would make all the sense in the world. They're not in a rebuild, but they're also not the Eagles. They're not the Chiefs. They're not a team like that, but they're not rebuilding like the Colts, right? You would imagine they're going to have more than four or five wins. I don't know. If Matthew Stafford is healthy, uh, and that wide receiver receiving core is healthy and Aaron Donald is there and he's ready to go and everything else. I mean, you throw Jonathan Taylor, Akers then becomes the number two. I, I mean, to me, that would be something uh, that we need to talk about. Rams just aren't a team. It's interesting. We did what, two days? We've done days, but the last couple days we've been talking about teams, what team, what team, and we haven't brought up the Rams and that's because people don't bring up the Rams. I mean, we haven't brought them up at all. I need to look at where DraftKings even had them. I mean, they had to be plus yeah. 10,000 probably. Yeah, there were five teams that were above everybody else. Miami was, was the definite favorite. Chicago was clearly two. And then I think the three they had at like plus 750 were Cowboys, Ravens, Broncos? Yes. And for what it's worth, yes. Jimmy Jerry Jones said they like what they have at running back right now. Yeah, I don't Again, believe him. I... I, I, I I feel like Jerry Jones, though, if he was honest, like he's just honest. he would be like, he would be honest. Yeah, yeah, he'd be like, yeah, we're looking at all avenues. And Miami reportedly made a call for Josh Jacobs. They looked into Dalvin Cook. I mean, Miami has been very active. They've been extremely aggressive with moves recently. Um, they've got to be the one that I think clearly has legit, legit interest. It just comes down to they don't have a third or fourth round pick next year and cap space-wise, things start to get um, a little tighter for them coming up here in 2024 and then obviously beyond, assuming they give Tua 
that second contract. I mean, it is interesting. We're not even, I mean, not even us, but Josh Jacobs has not been a conversation piece at all. Is and, he and, back and, with the Raiders and, yet? And or he's been quiet. I mean, yeah, he's just been, it's just been quiet around him. There hasn't been uh, any, you know, a bunch of tweets. There haven't been a bunch of agent talking there. And, and again, I, I understand the Raiders aren't exactly the best team. And, and Jacobs is good. Do I think he's as good as Taylor? I mean, that's a debate we can have. Uh, he had a great year last year. He won me a fantasy league. So, you know, I love my man, JJ. I love Ho-hum. Josh Jacobs. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I just he's a guy that hasn't, you know, just quite frankly hasn't been talked a lot about. Now, let me, I kind of ask you something. Would you care, Chris Jones is making a lot of noise in, in KC. What if Jonathan Taylor was doing that here? Like, not agent, like, Chris Jones is making noise. Like, he's tweeting, he's like, yeah. I'll see yeah, a game yeah. Taylor, eight. Taylor's a little bit more guilty ta- by association. Yeah, Taylor's not doing any of that. Yeah, Taylor oh, very had, little of that. He had the one tweet back at what, whatever that was. Was it June? Sometime in July, I think, when... We had that day on Twitter of like the uh, of the NFL Zoom running back uh, conference, if uh, you will, by and Austin Eckler, right? Yeah, and then Taylor like had one tweet about that again in June. It was one of the more cordial. Um, I disagree with the franchise about my contract situation press conferences you'll ever see when Taylor met with us. I mean, literally right on the Colts practice field after. Um, their final OTA practice, I guess their final minicamp practice back in mid-June. But again, when his agent, you're just, your actions speak, and obviously his actions have spoken, even though he's been pretty quiet with his words here over the last couple of weeks, his agent still brings that element of the disdain towards Taylor is very real. I think his fan base has some real venom towards him, and I'm sure a decent chunk of that is agent-driven, but... I think there is legit like the 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 quiet darling, the star that ripped off the big run against the Patriots. Mm-hmm. All of that, um, that has been you know damaged. Now I'll say what I said earlier in the week. As soon as he rips off a hundred yard game for the Colts and they win, everybody will forgive that from him. Yeah, it's but a bottom line business. We're a long ways away from that happening. Ten minutes. Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, joins us. Wake up call. KB and Andy here. 93.5107.5. The it's the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. I still can't get over that, that that pregnant pause. I know he did it on purpose, too. I saw Mark smiling. I was wondering, why is he smiling as he hits play on the rejoin? It is one of, like, it is one of the more odder elements I got was just this long pause and Andy. And I go, oh, all right, if that's what they want. It is the Wake Up Call. KB and Andy here on a Thursday morning. Let's give away... Another spot in our fantasy football league. And let's do it with our passionate YouTube audience out there. Um, we thought, okay, let's go with something maybe listener-related or show-related from today. So reward those that have listened. Um, again, Matt Taylor is going to join us here in a few. So, some of the names on here, some just some of the some of the screen names people use on no, YouTube. Epic. Half of them you can't even mention on the air. They, they are absolutely <laughs> epic. Uh, so it sounds like Jalen Hurts for the Eagles is not going to play tonight. So that leaves one of three quarterbacks available for the Eagles to play against the Colts. We've named those quarterbacks at different points in the show. The first person to name one of the three Eagles quarterbacks, not named Jalen Hurts, gets in the fantasy league. And I've got the YouTube chat on live chat. Other people might not in live chat. I was first! 
But you weren't. Okay, we I already have the first I one already, right here. I Boom. see somebody, yep. Who we got? Durand. That's who I have as well. Look there you that. go. That was easy. Yeah. And efficient. So Mariota so, over Ian Book was the more popular one? Named by people? There is some, someone had had Nate Sudfeld in here. <laughs> I don't think he's not on the team anymore. Former is Eagle, he? IU yeah. legend, isn't? Uh, I believe Nate's somewhere else. Someone did. Who's your ninety-seven? Had your boy Ian Book, who, of course, I always say, ah, Ian Book's in the NFL. <laughs> Again, this is why my optimism for Notre Dame football is there. Notre Dame, what they made the playoffs with Tommy Reese, Ian Book, and uh, gosh, who was the other quarterback the year they made it? Was it Cone? Was it Cone? It wasn't Cone, was it? And I should absolutely remember this. 2018 I, and 2020. I would have been mocking Notre Dame making the uh, the college football playoff and then being smoked by somebody in the uh, SEC. Everybody gets smoked. Remember the one year they made it, lost to Alabama by less than Ohio State did in the title game. People don't bring that up. People don't bring that up, including me. <laughs> including <laughs> yeah, no. me. Did you find the other quarterback? Uh, book in 2020. There we go. In 2018 was Book as well. I guess Wimbush was the other quarterback a little bit there in that season, but... Gosh, Ian Book, two playoff appearances in three years. That's why I have some optimism on that end. Uh, maybe we'll talk Franklin College football with Matt Taylor. Voice of the Colts, he joins us on the other side. Wake up call, KB and Andy here on the Muggy Third. All right, our coverage beginning tonight at 5 o'clock on The Fan. Matt Taylor and company will have the call there. Cannot wait. Uh, I got to meet Matt out at uh, KB. I don't know if you know this. I, I, I've only talked to Matt over email for years, so it was great to finally meet Matt Taylor. Uh, it's great to have him on the line now as we get ready for the game tonight. We'll have all the reaction here uh, all day on The Fan, getting you ready today, and then obviously tomorrow what happened between the Colts and Eagles. Matt, Good morning, sir. How are you? What's up, guys? How are we doing today? Matt, uh, we're doing fantastic. KB is... Matt, we in- got a sweep of the of the Angels. He, he, Come on, now. Well, KB's engrossed in Ian Book research right now. I'm not exactly <laughs> sure what he's doing over uh, there on the not, old laptop. Not as much as Matt Taylor. <laughs> I know you've got all sure. the Ian Book notes ready to go for tonight, right? Yeah, we're, we're ready to go on Ian Book. We're ready to go on Tanner McKee. We're ready to go on Marcus Mariota. I have a feeling we're going to be talking more about those gentlemen than we are, you know, Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and, and, and so on and so forth. I think it's going to be one of those nights for the Eagles. Uh, but I, I don't think – this is the greatness of the preseason is that, you know, what, 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 what one team's trying to get out of the game is different than another, and the Colts are trying to get some more – you know, good time on task and more reps and more quality, you know, competition and, uh, you know, live bullets, if you will, for their starters. We know Anthony Richardson's going to play. We know the starters are going to play on both sides of the ball. Now, to what degree and for how long, we don't know. But, um, you know, that's that's the preseason now with, like, the unknowns of, you know, now we're down to three preseason games and joint practices. It's kind of complicated, you know, time and, you know, how much starters are going to participate in all that. So it's pretty much a crapshoot. That's why I'm just so looking forward to, you know, not not to fast forward, but, like, let's just get to the regular season, mm-hmm. and then, then, we, then we don't have to talk about this stuff another 11 months. Matt joins us on the Pay Less Liquors hotline here on the fan. 9 o'clock hour, we got you up until 10. Uh, what do you want to see from Anthony Richardson tonight? How much do you think he'll play tonight in Philly? Yeah, I mean, again, I know he's going to play. I just don't know what that means. You know, he played three series, which equated to a quarter in Buffalo. Um, you know, if I was a if I was a guessing man, which I'm not, I could be dead wrong. But you, you might see you might see that replicated tonight. Um, 
and, and you, what you want to see is the offense capitalize. You know, there, there were some good moments in Buffalo, which is, I mean, that seems like so long ago, but that was really only 12 days ago. Um, you know, you had that second drive of the second or the first quarter where they mixed in the RPO game. The running game really worked. You had some good moments over the middle. You know, the, uh, the Kylan Granson catch from Anthony Richardson. Um, but then, you know, it was all blown up with holding penalties and a missed field goal, and then you know, he had some drop passes. So, you know, obviously the next step tonight for the offense is you want to put the ball in the end zone. You need to start scoring points and feeling good about yourself as far as that's concerned. Um, but just with Anthony Richardson, I, I thought in these joint practices against the Bears and the Eagles, you know, for the most part, I thought he got a lesson in taking what the defense gives him. You know, that first joint practice against the Bears, you know, the Matt Eberflus uh, defense, it's, it's the hallmark of it is to not give up any big plays. And in a seven-on-seven period, maybe kind of forced it a little bit, an overthrow, got picked off by a safety. But for the, re- the remainder of that joint practice, and then the next day, and then this week against the Eagles, and I thought Anthony did a really good job of getting the ball out fast, understanding the playbook very, very well, knowing where to go with the football, and again, just taking what the defense gave them uh, or gave him, I should say, and it, there's nothing wrong with getting first downs. There's nothing wrong with sustaining drives. But again, the next step is converting inside the red zone. That's where the Colts struggled so mightily last year. It's it's third down when the game is on the line. It's fourth quarter, and the Colts have been drilling that. They have been simulating those situational footballs all training camp long. Kevin, you know that. They did that again uh, on Tuesday in a joint practice against the Eagles. A lot of like high red zone, then some low red zone stuff. I mean, that's where the game is won and lost. It's it's red zone, it's situational football, it's four minutes, it's third down. That that really decides winners and losers in the NFL. That's where I want to see Anthony Richardson and this offense improve tonight. Getting his voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor. We are back to our normal radio trio. So that would be, of course, Matt, Rick Venturi, and Lara Overton with tonight's game on Amazon and, and RTV6 here locally. Matt, I'm going to list a name, some names of guys that I thought uh, either looked good in training camp or certain, I guess these kind of go hand in hand, or they've improved maybe their positioning on the team, in my opinion. And, and I don't want to go with like the top 10, 15 guys on the roster because that's boring. So um, feel free to uh, chat about these guys or throw other names on the list. Wide receiver Josh Downs, offensive lineman Arlington Hambright, Defensive end, Titus Leo. Safety, Nick Cross. And then a couple corners, Daryl Baker Jr. and Jalen Jones. Well, I mean, you've got a lot of names right there. I mean, the guys that immediately stand out to me in terms of improving their, their stock, um, or at least, you know, raising my own hand and saying they're higher on my radar than they were going into camp. Um, of that list, it would be Daryl Baker Jr. It would be Jalen Jones. I mean, Jalen Jones has probably had the most consistent camp of the young corners. Oh, yeah, easily. Um, I mean, of, of, the, of the young drafted corners just because of availability, but also, I mean, the guy can play. The guy's really, really physical, and I think he's going to make this team because he's really good on special teams as well. He had a really good moment against the Bears yeah. mm-hmm. where he's running down and he's covering a punt. He's a gunner, um, but he showed a lot of physicality to shed some blocks and then you know, Dante Pettis got twirled out of bounds by Jalen Jones, which is a really, really, really good play. Um, I'll add one more, one more guy to your list there. I don't know if you said him or not. Perhaps you did. Um, but Jawan Winfrey, um, you know, he's, he's had some really good moments as of late. The last two opportunities to shine. He's a wide he's out, done. by the way. I, I, 
Yes. A little back. He's like been in the league for a handful of years, right, Matt? Yes. Yeah, he's a fifth-year guy out of Colorado. He's played some in the NFL. He's had some nice moments. And the reason why you bring him up is he's playing good, and he's a big-bodied receiver, so perhaps he could back up, you know, kind of add some depth behind Michael Pittman Jr. and Alec Pierce. And and that's kind of the roster mechanics of, of how you look at this now with the wide receiver position being a little bit more complicated due to that injury to Ashton Doolin. It's, you know, what kind of bodies do you need? What kind of personnel right. do you need on your team at wide receiver if, you, if you're going to keep five guys at that spot? You know, you got McKenzie, you got Downs. Those two players kind of complement one another. I know that's kind of a lazy comparison, but you get what I'm saying. Maybe you need another guy to kind of complement the bigger body guys if something happens there in terms of injuries. But the guy can make plays, and he did that against some really good corners in this joint practice on Tuesday here in Philadelphia. He had the touchdown last Saturday against the Bears, but he's also played special teams. Anytime he's been active in his career, he has played on special teams. So he can do it. Um, you know, obviously, when you lose a player like Ashton Doolin, who's an elite special teams player, a great gunner, a great tackler, and you know, in the, in the third phase of the game, that's going to hurt. But I think Jawan Winfrey is, you know, again, ten days ago, I probably I'm not talking about that. But now, you know, when you when you have the cluster of of Perriman and Strawn and Amari Rogers and Jawan Winfrey, Winfrey is, in my opinion, getting a higher sniff. Than, than he was, you know, two weeks ago when the Colts were getting ready to uh, play the Buffalo Bills. Matt Taylor with us, Pay Less Liquors Hotline here on the fan. Uh, tight ends, injuries, uh, Mo Alley Cox could be, you know, on that edge. KB, you've talked about that quite a bit. Uh, what do you want to see from the tight ends? That seems to be an interesting group that the next few days are going to really matter to those guys. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing tonight is I want to see guys play. It was a welcome sight, you know, on Tuesday. You had Mo Alley Cox back. You had uh, Drew Ogletree back. You know, uh, Drew had been dealing with the shoulder, and then Mo had missed a major chunk of camp. Jelani Woods is still, um, you know, dealing with his injury, um, leg injury, and I doubt he's going to play tonight just given the fact that he didn't, he didn't participate on Tuesday. Um, so I just want to see availability. I just want to see, you know, you have so many talented tight ends but right now, if you're filling out a depth chart or you're making you know, projected roster cuts, you don't even really know where to start because so many guys have missed a large chunk of camp. And it's kind of unfortunate that you're no further along in, in the evaluation of that position group than you were at the, the beginning of camp because so many guys missed so much time on the field. So you know, how much has, has Farrell Brown pushed Mo Alley Cox, if you will, for a for a roster spot. I mean, you know who Mo is, right? You you understand who he is as a player. He's been on your team. He's been in your organization since 2017. Obviously, he's grown. He's matured. He's improved. You know, but like it's it's just hard when you know it's all about the time and the now. It's all about what have you done for me lately? I mean, everybody in this league understands that the NFL stands for not for long. Um, so. You know, I, I want to see Mo you know, make some plays tonight, get some run, again, stay out there. Uh, but then also, again, watching Kylan Granson's continued, uh, you know, improvement. You know, he's been probably the most consistent guy out of all of them because he's been healthy. He's been available to play. and He's making plays. He seems like he's done a nice job of building rapport and synergy with Anthony Richardson, uh, kind of especially as that move tight end. But, yeah, I'll, I'll be keeping an eye on just, like, how much playing time these guys get tonight. And again, Farrell Brown, how much are you pushing mm-hmm. Mo Ali Cox? You know, Drew Ogletree, how much can you push uh, Jelani Woods for a roster spot, considering what Woods did last year, 
but also knowing he's he's spent a lot of time on the sideline. So that's definitely a, a complicated, you know, roster construction component going into next Tuesday. Again, Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, is with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline, uh, live from Philadelphia. You get a Phillies game in? Went to the game yesterday. Yeah, went to the game yesterday. It was a four. It was a weird start time. A four o'clock Wednesday start time. Uh, mm. Phillies and Giants game went into extras. We yeah. were kind of debating on whether or not to bail in the ninth inning, and uh, oh. you know, wouldn't wouldn't you know it was five to two. They they walked the first two batters in the bottom of the ninth. The Giants do, and then Harper hits a line drive scorcher over to right field, and then you know, Blamo was five to five. So. We, we left in the top of the tent. You know, we had to bail out of there. We took the subway. But, uh, you know, for the for my, for my red legs, it was it was good to see. I was kind of cheering on the inside. Amen to that. It was good, it was good to see the Giants, <laughs> uh, you know, come back and get that one in extra, uh, extras yesterday. Granted, you got the Giants now lurking there in the wild card no doubt, picture. Man. Okay, coming up Tuesday, 4 o'clock, roster cuts, all right? And waiver claims, we've seen Chris Ballard be very active before. We've seen Ballard be active with trades. I mean, I know the Taylor trade is a lot people are talking about right now, but, like, you know, yeah. just you, you, you trade a six-round pick for Grant Stewart last year, whatever that deal was, and now he's a special teamer for you. You know, poke fun at Matt, Matt Pryor, if you will, but that was a trade executed by the right. Colts and the Eagles. There late in the preseason, Mate, I'm going to throw five positions at you: running back, wideout, O line, corner, safety. Running back, wideout, O line, corner, safety. What would you rank, kind of one or two on that list, heading into those waiver claims coming up on Tuesday? Yeah, I don't. I mean, that's a great question. You know, to me, I just think the game starts up front. I mean, obviously, last year. I mean, anytime you go four twelve and one, and you and you lose your last seven games of the season. I mean, everything is going to get looked at, and there's tons of problems, and there's not just one thing. But I suppose if if you look at last year and you are in an elevator with you know someone that didn't know what happened to the Colts in 2022, and you had you know two minutes to tell them what happened and where to start, <laughs> it would probably be along the offensive line. You know that that's where it all starts. You know, if you can't move the ball, you can't protect, it, it's going to be hard to score points on offense, and that's exactly what happened to the Colts last year, right? Only putting up 17 points per game, and again, not very good in the red zone, leading the NFL in turnovers. I think the, the offensive line troubles last year were kind of indicative of, of how the year went, and so I just don't think you can have enough depth and enough you know, quality competition, especially on those interior spots right now. That's kind of where the Colts are thin as of right now, I mean, we saw it with, with Will Fries going down. Uh, I mean, you go back to last year, Danny Pinter was that guy, and then, you know, he got supplanted by Will Fries, but then Will Fries' injury, you know, here late in camp, that's opened the door for Arlington Hambright to run some at right guard. That's opened the door for Carter O'Donnell to run some at right guard. That was evident on Tuesday in that joint practice with Philadelphia. Um, so out of all of those groups, I would probably say, you know, the Colts are probably going to be keeping a close eye on some of the options that are made available to them in the interior of the offensive line and the waiver wire. And that's big because think about it, Kevin, you know this, you know, after that four twelve and one season last year, you know, picking fourth overall, right. they're going to be pretty high up on those waiver wire claims. So they're going to be in a good position to get some good, you know, pieces that didn't make other teams that might be, you know, in, in a better spot depth-wise, um, and, and those players made available to, to, to uh, teams like the Colts that might be in need of some reliable pieces that are uh, made available to them on the waiver wire. What kind of a chance do you think James Washington has? 
it, it's so difficult to, to say. I mean, it's such a great story, though, because, I mean, God, he was signed, what, 7 o'clock last Friday? Yeah, and then caught a big Friday. pass. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like 20 hours later, he's running a go route, and, you know, he talked in the locker room after the game. He lost the ball on the lights <laughs> and was able to kind of track at the last minute from Sam Ellinger. And ironically, I mean, great for him. It was the it was the longest play of the game. It was a forty two yard catch. It was the longest play from scrimmage on offense for the Colts. And go figure. It's a guy that that you know put pen to paper. You know, the night before. I mean, I, I think it's incredible. I don't care if it is preseason football, and you know, the playbook's pretty basic. Anytime you can go out there and execute a play, and and have basically you know somebody give you a uniform, you know. Ten minutes earlier, and say, "Here, go play." I mean, that's that's incredible. But uh, you know, Washington's a guy that's been in the NFL for a long time, right? And he was um, highly touted Pittsburgh Steeler. Um, he, he had a foot injury and had two different surgeries in 2021 uh, last year. Spent some time with the Cowboys, got cut. Um, you know, this past season started. You know, the training camp and the preseason with the Saints got cut, and so he was just really emotional because he wants to continue to play in this league. He knows injuries have kind of derailed that. Just wants an opportunity. So really, really thankful for just the, the opportunity to close out the preseason here with the Colts. And, you know, you're, you're excited for a guy like that tonight to you know, continue to ball out, show what he can do, and make this a, a complicated mess for the Colts. That's a good problem to have when, again, you know, going, going back to a week ago, it's like, all right, who is, who's going to emerge from this group from Strawn and Perriman and so on and so forth? Now the Colts seemingly have some good options with Winfrey coming on and Washington here and D.J. Montgomery here. So maybe it's not as as, uh, black and white as we thought um, with Ashton Doolin's injury. Maybe some of these guys are making it tough on the Colts at wide receiver for these roster cuts. That's exactly what they want. Boy, Mike Strawn on special teams, that is such, I think, a hard dilemma in terms of putting him on this roster. Uh, to me, I look at five wideouts, four tight ends, more than six wideouts, and three tight ends, but we'll see how that plays out on Tuesday. All right, Matt, last one for me, and again, Matt Taylor. Our coverage begins at 5 o'clock tonight. You'll hear Mate, Rick Venturi, and Lara Overton at 8 in the preseason finale from Philly. Uh, no better person to ask than a diehard IU football fan, Matt Taylor. The YouTube chat currently, <laughs> Matt Taylor, is having a debate on the best IU quarterback in the last 15 years. The reason why we're on this topic is some people you know, were asking if Nate Sudfeld was still on the Eagles roster. So let me throw names at you. Sudfeld, wow. Ben Chappell, Kellen Lewis, Michael Penix, and what about the man with the stogie in his mouth, Xander Diamond? You got the, the best IU quarterback in the last 15 years? Oh, my gosh. You forgot about Richard Lego. Um, <laughs> Wasn't he with the Colts at a rookie minicamp? Where yeah. number 21, Richard Lego? Yeah, that was his jersey number. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think he was here on a rookie, you know, the, the, the what do you call that? The, um, the local pro the draft, day? The local pro day. Yeah. That's exactly right. Um, man, I would probably have to say, I would probably have to say, you know, the former Eagle uh, in that group. You I going mean, Sudfeld? Yeah, I mean the 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 two thousand the two thousand fifteen two thousand sixteen IU Hoosiers were like really really good up front and in the skill players on offense they just couldn't stop anybody they just couldn't stop anybody you know so it was painful to lose games you know thirty eight thirty one you know or going to overtime against Michigan double overtime against Michigan at home and, and, and see that, that game you know, drop and not go the Hoosiers' way. And then, 
you know, inevitably that that's a game that cost them a chance to get the six wins and make a bowl. So, and then it's you know it's it's just always something. Unfortunately, with with, with you being an IU football fan, it's like you know, as soon as Tom Allen comes in, the defense is really really good, and all of a sudden now we can't score. You know what I mean? It's like it's just always flip flopped, and and so it's just kind of disheartening now that we're going into year number seven. I believe that is with with Tom Allen, and now you're seeing the the national projections of you know three and a half wins or four wins or stuff like that after you know the great 2019 season. Obviously, the the COVID season of 20 was spectacular. So yeah, it's just it's just such a pendulum swinging uh, experience. Obviously, being an IU football fan, Michael Penix, by the way, sixth on the Heisman odds entering. Well, this I, I was going to say season. I would say it's Penix because he had the year the win over Ohio State, but unfortunately, part of it is he left and he might you know he might be in New York for the oh. Heisman. That's not for Indiana though, but you know, you know I might put no, him on the list. They, they never did. I mean, his his greatest moment was that Penn State. Yeah, never the did two point conversion. Yeah, yeah, no. never did beat Ohio State, but. See, the, the Penix experience, unfortunately, I think sours a lot of IU fans just because I mean, sure. he's a kid, obviously, but just the injuries, like the health. He never was able to, to put it together. And then, you know, he leaves and goes to Washington and goes back with his former offensive coordinator. And it just, it just goes to show you, man, like relationships and confidence. Like, that's, that's really what it's all about. It's more so than X's and O's. It's just about where do you feel comfortable and and for Penix, I mean, it was just all about people and surrounding him with the right environment, and that's why he went to Washington. So, so good for him. But you know, I don't know who the heck's going to play quarterback for IU in two weeks. They're they're keeping it pretty close to the best here. Well, think about that debate when you climb the rocky steps today here on this <laughs> Thursday morning of game day. He's got he's got to he's got to get all the calories out of his body from the cheesesteaks the last couple calories. days. Hey, yeah. You just walk outside today and you're going to sweat it out, so you'll be you'll be good to go. Uh, Mate, enjoy the call tonight, and uh, we look forward to continuing our Friday conversations here as we start to get into the regular season. You got it, guys. I appreciate you. Have a good one. That's a great Matt Taylor right there on the Payless Liquors Hotline. And as you just heard, diehard IU football fan, uh, Matt Taylor. All right, Josh Larkey is going to join us here in less than 10 minutes. Fantasy football guru. We know fantasy football drafts are starting to pick up some steam here this time of year. So we'll talk a little fantasy football here in a few. That'll push the pop quiz to the final segment before all of that. Morning check down time. The Morning Checkdown. Omaha! 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 On 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. All right, yesterday in Major League Baseball, the Red Legs, they get a sweep of the Angels. Cubs over the Tigers, 6-4. Jake Query in the stands for the White Sox game. Uh, not sure if he stayed for all 10. I certainly would not as a day game in that heat. He said they hid in the shade, which I don't blame him. Hid in the shade. That's very There's smart. probably a lot of open seats, a day baseball mm-hmm. game mm-hmm. for yeah. one of the worst teams in Major it's League like, Baseball. Is he interviewing to replace <laughs> Ken Williams or... Tony LaRusso, I want an interview. Um, that pretty much covers everything. What Indians he, beat the Iowa what Cubs What if he was? Yesterday. What if he was? Like, you know, we're going to go outside the box for our next general manager. We're going to do a, uh, we're gonna, you know, a guy that's a longtime radio and TV vet. We're going to bring him in and see if we can shake some things up here on the south side. Yeah, Moneyball that, right? <laughs> Tony, you know what Bart Beer is, right? You've heard <laughs> yeah. of that. Drank Little Kings before, haven't you? Uh, Ellie De La Cruz. Six ribbies in game one. Kind of a cool moment there captured with the Reds and the Angels of Shohei Otani on second base and De La Cruz kind of poking him like, are you real? Unfortunately, the latest on Otani, his days of pitching this season are over. Torn 
UCL. Um, so that's Tommy John, right? Well, Another? okay, so it's the same elbow. He had Tommy John back in 2018, and so now he's, I mean, now it's going to, you know, it's either going to be a lot of rest or it's going to be... Uh, do you do sur- it again? It's Yeah, or it's surgery again. The thing about it is, you know, I, I mean, listen, you can look at this a couple ways. I know we haven't talked about it and we're up against a break, but I mean, this guy is going to make a lot of money anyway, but... I mean, part of part of the reason you were going to pay him more than anybody else was because he could pitch for oh, you, sure. and yeah, that's yeah, yeah. and now that's done. Done, I, done. I, I mean, I mean, I'm I'm looking at a lot of baseball people on Twitter that are like, the chance of him pitching now and that being part of the conversation going forward has minimized, you know, really? quite a bit. Oh, man, I, I I hate hearing that. I guess I, you know, the magnitude of it to Tommy John surgeries should speak for itself. But I didn't realize to that extent. Uh, it's still going to hit this year. It's still going to play out this season. But um, yeah, just really unfortunate for obviously an incredible talent. <laughs> Sweeps. That might just be it. That just might be it. Yeah. Fever that, that, seven that, o'clock that, tonight. Fever seven o'clock tonight. That just might be High it. High school football games being pushed back a little bit. Keep an eye on that. Our game right here on the airwaves coming up tomorrow. Cathedral and Brownsburg back to seven thirty. And then as we said with Matt Taylor, eight o'clock kick tonight. Our coverage will be five o'clock. So JMV, you'll still hear him, but um, that's going to be a little bit earlier than normal eating into his show. All right, on the other side, Josh Larkey. He's going to join us, talk some fantasy football here so we get you set for draft season fantasy-wise. It's the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Mark was mixing that during the break, and I was thinking, why is he playing ludicrous? And then I realized the fantasy and the fantasy football connection. There you go. Mark, very, very good on that. That's that's always. how you produce sports talk radio. Right. You he under, knows what you he's understand doing that? This man, he's a grizzled vet. He knows what he's doing. Uh, but let's get to it. Reminder, uh, coming up tonight, 5 o'clock, that coverage begins. Matt Taylor, JMV, the entire crew there. They got you covered uh, to get ready for the Colts and Eagles. We'll be back at it 7 a.m. tomorrow for the wake-up call to break down everything that we saw and things that didn't happen during the game and obviously uh, that will be a lot of fun as well. Alright, it's football time and that means it's fantasy football time as well. Josh Larkey joins us from the 33rd team. We love talking with him. He's on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Josh, good morning. Thanks for joining us uh, and I guess let's start here. Uh, just the local guy Anthony Richardson. I'm looking at some draft boards and I'm seeing him take now, I, I know a lot of that has to do with scoring. I'm seeing him taking anywhere from 8 to, to probably 11th round. What do you make of Anthony Richardson, and where would you kind of take him? Well, thanks for having me on and bringing me into ludicrous. You like that? that? First in my, my <laughs> fantasy career. The, the, the listeners are going to hate me early on, but I think we'll, we'll build up steam later. I... I am not an Anthony Richardson drafter this season, but I will preface with next year, I am almost certainly going to love the tantalizing upside of the most athletic rookie quarterback ever. The way we saw him test, his combination of the 40 time, his height, his weight, is essentially Cam Newton, but faster. However, when it comes to fantasy, rookie quarterbacks simply don't score fantasy points. The past 15 years I looked, we've had four quarterbacks that would have paid off a quarterback 10 
ADP. Four rookies in 15 years. All of them were multi-year starters in college, whereas Anthony Richardson started just one year at Florida. So for anyone wondering, I would say we're a year early. Year two of Richardson's career, I will 100% buy in. We love the rushing upside, but generally rookie quarterbacks, especially an inexperienced one like Richardson, the, the game plan for year one is so conservative that there's simply just not enough passing for the fantasy points to hit. And you get some nice rushing, but then you look at, we're probably going to see him scoring 15, 16 fantasy points. And I, I don't think he quite hits that. That should be 8, 9, 10 break tag. All right, Josh Lockheed's with us talking some fantasy football here. Josh, let's say I've got a draft tonight, okay? Uh, again, I'm not a fan of any drafts before the month of September, but whatever. Let's say we've got a draft tonight. Where would you draft Jonathan Taylor? Ooh. That, that's a great question. I, I've generally been higher than most on Taylor the past few weeks. And I know it's crazy, everyone. I generally start drafting two weeks after the Super Bowl. So I have been through the roller coasters of <laughs> all check these. Your, are you seeing a doctor, Josh? <laughs> are you okay? I, I, I he's not okay. He's not listening. <laughs> I hope he's not listening. So Jonathan Taylor at one point opened up. Like March, he was going at the round one, round two turn, like picks 10 through 15. And I thought, that's really early. He has now slipped. He generally goes in the 20s. And I think that's probably where he should go. There's been the trade rumors, but at the end of the day, if we just look at Jonathan Taylor himself, he, I think he and Nick Chubb at this point are kind of the two best pure runners. The kind of guy that's going to get 20 carries a game, that's going to monopolize goal line work, and uh, depending on where Taylor's traded, not traded, then we'll kind of know what to expect for his pass game usage. But at the end of the day, I, I don't really want in round two, Often it's round three now. I'm not really interested in fading one of the best pure running backs in the NFL when if you tell me the guy's going to have double-digit touchdowns and a ton of rushing yards, then I'm inclined to not hate that player once we hit the third round of fantasy. So you're in the third round and your league mates go, oh, Taylor might get traded or, oh, I don't know how I feel about him. I'd say, hey, you're getting one of the best pure running backs. We, we know no matter where he goes, if he gets traded, he's getting a ton of volume. If he stays in the Colts, he's getting a ton of volume. And... Uh, I wish he was involved a little more in the past game. We never really saw that materialize throughout his career. But what we've seen is the, the Nick Chubb level rusher. And we've generally been pretty happy drafting Nick, Nick Chubb round one, round two. So Taylor round three feels like a, a pretty solid pick at this point. Josh, I, I got to go back to this drafting two weeks after the Super Bowl <laughs> here, okay? I, I am. Uh, so how does that work? Like, I know you're not high on Anthony Richardson, but I mean, I, I don't know. Like, do you draft rookies? Like I, I, I'm confused how this works. Uh, what is this a normal fantasy draft? And you do take a whatever a CJ Stroud, and you just place him wherever he ends up going team wise. That that is exactly correct. Yeah, uh, you, all all the players that are potentially entering the draft get thrown into player pools. So I would be drafting certain players and not knowing where they end up purely off of how they looked as college prospects and what the the big media thinks will be their draft capital. So when I'm looking at Anthony Richardson, I actually drafted so much Anthony Richardson early in drafts because he was often going at like QB 25. And I thought, whoa, this looks like a pretty good prospect. He's probably going to be an early first round pick. So then I had a nice 
advantage there when he ends up going fourth overall to the Colts. And then his ADP skyrockets to QB8, QB9, QB10. <laughs> and I said, you know what, at this point, you guys are crazy. I loved him at quarterback 25. I have him ranked right now at quarterback 14. And I, I think that's fair. He's just outside that QB1 tier. He's a high upside bench stash for this season. Josh, yeah, Josh Larkey with us talking some fantasy football here on the fan. He joins us on the Pay Less Liquors Hotline. Let's just go back to Jonathan Taylor and just give you a what if. If you're sitting there in the third round uh, and you have the option of, and I'm looking at other running backs, and that's probably not fair, but, you know, Travis Etienne, Joe Mixon, Aaron Jones, you taking Jonathan Taylor over all three of those guys? Right now, I have Travis Etienne one spot ahead of Jonathan Taylor, but I have both of them very far ahead of Aaron Jones. I, I kind of put tiers to my rankings, and for anyone that's like, what the heck is a, a, a tier? You're making me do math. Not making you do math. With my rankings, I am not 100%, believe it or not, even though I, this is what I do full-time, I am not supremely, completely confident that every prediction I have is perfect. <laughs> it's definitely not. Really? Well, we are, you know. Yeah, around you're here. on an island by yourself. Yeah, with yeah. That. We're always right around uh, here. We know exactly where Jonathan Taylor is going to play this season. <laughs> so what I will say is, while I have ETN one spot ahead of Taylor, they have, they are in the same tier. And what I would say is that I slightly lean Travis ETN. If you said, hey, I, I want to take Jonathan Taylor, I wouldn't say anything. I'd say, great. Which player do you want to watch more? I personally lean ETN. But if you like Taylor, great. However, they are both a full tier ahead of Aaron Jones. With Aaron Jones, I'm just gravely concerned. The mm-hmm. the move from future first ballot Hall of Famer Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love, who's only started a couple games in his three-year career, that's going to be a pretty monumental downgrade. Also, Aaron Jones does not score rushing touchdowns anymore. That is Aaron. That is A.J. Dillon's role. Last year... A.J. Dillon had seven rushing touchdowns. That's okay. That's good. Not great. Second on the team was Christian Watson with two (laughs) rushing touchdowns. Fortunately, Aaron Jones also tied Christian Watson with two. But the the general idea is that goal line carries are now mostly going to A.J. Dillon. Jordan Love is probably not going to be the incredible check down artist that Aaron Rodgers was where the play is breaking down and he goes, you know what? I'm going to perfectly find Aaron Jones in the flats. The the target volume might drop a little. The receiving efficiency might drop. So generally where running back score fantasy points is targeted in the passing game or scoring touchdowns. And I think Aaron Jones at this point is getting squeezed on both angles. And he's a 29-year-old running back, which is starting to get up there in age and in the career arc. So I view the the, the young guys, ETN, Taylor, as much better bets this year than Aaron Jones. Again, Josh Larkey's with us, director of fantasy betting at the 33rd team. Josh, I am a horrific fantasy football player. <laughs> I need two to three core drafting values out of you, if you don't mind. Uh, very selfish of me, I know, so I apologize. But I need two or three core drafting values to stick by as I get some drafts underway here in the next couple of weeks. I can do that. So I, I think a, a few things right off the bat. One of them is I, a lot of people hate hearing this, but you are going to want some running backs. Or, or sorry, receivers. And everyone's always like, well, I want running backs. I my One of my rules, I have this little like free strategy guide that I threw out on the 3013.com, and I was like, hey, guys, you're probably going to want three receivers through five to six rounds. 
Mm. That does not mean you can't take a running back round one. That does not mean you can't take a running back in round one and in round two. That, that is perfectly legal. We, we can do anything in fantasy football. But I, I think that's one of my biggest things is that when I look at the, the, the state of the receiver position, the high-end guys are outscoring everybody else by so much, and they're so consistent. So I'll give an example. Last year, among the top 12 receivers by ADP. So if you look last year at how the receivers were ranked, nine of those 12 receivers in the top finished in the top 12. So receiver at this point is becoming such a bankable, consistent, high-scoring position with passing offenses on the rise. Running backs, I did the same test. Out of those top 12 ranked by ADP, just five Hmm. finished in the top 12 in fantasy points per game. So receiver at this point is just a bankable position. We can't deny it. I don't think we should be avoiding it. So you want to make sure that you're getting some receivers. So the people that are like, Josh, I love drafting with full testosterone meter turned up running back, then a running back, then round three running back, then round four running back. I would say, you know what? That sounds really fun. And I think at the end of the day, you're going to look at your draft and go, wow, I should probably have taken two receivers in that range. Well, you mentioned why. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go for it. Well, I was going to say, you mentioned wide receiver. So, Chase and Jefferson, uh, I mean, who would you take number one is the only running back? I mean, I'm looking at some draft boards uh, from some people I know. I mean, McCaffrey seems to be the only guy that would get in the top three there that's not a wide receiver for me. Otherwise, it's Chase and Jefferson. That's how I have it. I have those three in my top three. A lot of people like Jefferson first overall this year that like receivers a lot of people that like running backs will take McCaffrey with the number one pick I actually am going to be taking Jamar Chase with my number one pick most of the time and the case for it is pretty simple in college Chase was better than Jefferson as rookies Jamar Chase had a better rookie season than Jamar Justin Jefferson last year as a second year player Jamar Chase had over 20 PPR fantasy points a game despite a fractured hip mid-season And that is more fantasy points than Jefferson had in his second season. Chase has just always kind of outpaced him per, uh, like, year of their career. I think this is the year Chase takes over. Jamar Chase had more targets per game last year than Jefferson. So if you're telling me that Jamar Chase gets a mulligan on last year, he doesn't break his hip, he's once again getting more opportunities than Jefferson. Jamar Chase is a faster, more explosive, big play ability threat than Justin Jefferson. He has a better quarterback in Joe Burrow than Justin Jefferson. Not that I don't like Justin Jefferson, but I have to nitpick these top guys, and it's harder for me to find flaws at this point with Chase. I think Jamar Chase is a real threat to be the first receiver ever to hit 2,000 receiving yards. He stays healthy for 17 games. I think that is absolutely in the cards for, for Mr. Jamar Chase. Some terrific stuff right here from Josh Lark. Again, uh, the 33rd team is where you can find his content. Last one from me, Josh. Whatever. Round 16 rolls around, and you're like, oh, gosh, I don't even know half these names left on the board. Give us a sleeper rookie to keep an eye on that you like from a skill position standpoint. This is the – all right, guys. We uh, did not like Anthony Richardson. The, the fans hated it. They turned the radio off. They turned it back on to hope I was off the radio. They still hear me, but they love that I am going to recommend – Colts rookie running back Evan Hall. Look at this. Okay, wow. You okay, got the Northwestern kid, the fifth rounder. I yes, a lot of people be like Evan Hall. Tell, tell me about this. this. Is this sounds like a creative player? Why, why should I like Evan Hall? <laughs> well, first off, as we talked about earlier on the show, Jonathan Taylor might get traded. 
And if he gets traded, you're probably going to want other Colts running backs on the roster. Someone's going to need to get and replace those 250, 300 carries. Deion Jackson right now is probably ahead of Evan Hull on the depth chart today. But one thing that we see consistently with rookie running backs and generally just rookies in general, the more the season plays out, the more they force themselves into the NFL team's starting lineup and into your fantasy lineup with Evan Hull. He's about 210 pounds. His 40 time was in the four fours. That side speed combo generally translates to fantasy points whenever they are the starting running back. Evan Hall had nearly 50 catches this past year. This, this is a hmm. an incredible receiving back with size and speed. We don't get that very often. And you might be like, well, receiving back, size, speed. Yeah, we, we see this year after year, like Tony Pollard last year, receiving back with size and some speed. Tony Pollard's actually 210 pounds like Evan Hall. This, this archetype of running back is so valuable when they start. And I'm not saying that Evan Hull is definitely going to start games, but he's definitely going to be valuable. But in the last round of your fantasy draft, you want to take a player that has a realistic path to actually starting for you and giving you fantasy points. And Evan Hull most certainly has that, where if, if, if the Colts one day say, hey, Evan Hull is going to rotate in and get some good reps, Oh, you, you make sure you have him on your bench. This is exciting. And if he gets uh, 10 to 15 touches in a game, you can start him almost every single week. And that, that's what I love is that it's a locked and loaded plug-and-play running back if he gets the opportunities. And I know any Colts fan out there would be like, hey, I love rooting on, on the guy that for fantasy that I'm watching on Sundays. So that right there is, is rookie running back Evan Holt. Great final round pick. Uh, well, Josh Larkey from the 33rd team, you see you see what he did there, KB? He made up for all the Richardson stuff. Uh, and and I'm looking at, at your website here. You're exactly right. How I know your picks are great is you have uh, Daniel Jones uh, many spots over Dak Prescott. Uh, so I know that you are uh, dialed Giants you are, you are, you are dialed into <laughs> how much of a bum Dak Prescott is. I'm kidding. Josh, appreciate the time, man. Take care. Thanks, guys. Outstanding right there from Josh Larkey. Evan Hall, I believe, the most running back catches of any player in one of the major conferences last year in college football. That was why. Threw him in my mock draft leading into the draft. Colts took him then in round five. All right, pop quiz to close out. That is a fantasy football spot up for grabs. 317-239-1070. Have you studied... Can you handle the pressure? Sharpen your pencils. It's time for the Pop Quiz with KB and Andy. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube, Indiana's favorite oil change since 1985. Pop quiz time. I have one, three, and five this time. KB's going to have two and four. One thing we didn't talk about before we get out of here, uh, we're not going to have, obviously, time with the pop quiz, but tomorrow we need to see how this looks as well. We didn't talk too much about, Dol- about the Dolphins reaching out for Josh Jacobs as well. Yeah, they clearly have had yeah, some money back. It sounded like Dalvin Cook. Yeah, they made yeah. an inquiry or two yeah. about. So. I know we mentioned it, but I mean, it's not, Taylor's not the only guy out there that can go get you. You know, eleven hundred yards. Josh Jacobs had a had a great time last year. And Jacobs age wise, kind of falls a little bit more into the Taylor category. Uh, again, a spot in our fantasy league is going to this contestant, Andy Sweeney. Give me a number. All right, let's do uh, color number two. I don't believe I've done that yet. Mark Dykton, Todd. Todd. 
Hey, good morning, fellas. Todd, good morning to you. Welcome to our Fantasy Football League. And welcome, uh, Andy, to Indianapolis. By the way, about four days down. The show's been terrific so far. Appreciate it, Todd. Thank you. God, he's trying to Thank butter you. you up for for well, him. I mean, on this well, I, I, yeah. I buttered him up by paying him to say that. So Todd, appreciate it. We we're in cahoots. <laughs> Todd, we are slightly up against it. So apologies to kind of quickly move to the pop quiz. But welcome to the fantasy league and good luck. Andy's going to start you off. All right, here we go. Question number one. It involves a game tonight. The Colts take on the Eagles in the preseason finale tonight in Philly. Who leads the all-time? Preseason series oh, between the Colts and Eagles. You got a 50 50 oh. shot at least. Oh, is it I'm tied? Go with the, uh, I'll go with the Colts. Are you sure you want to do that? Are you sure about that? No, I, did, I, did I say Colts? I meant Eagles. Yeah, Eagles. I, fly, I knew you fly, did. Fly, there we go, Todd. All right, who's the winningest head coach in Eagles history, Todd? Is it Dick Vermeil, Greasy Neal, Buck Shaw, or Andy Reid? It's not even close. I'm going to go with Andy Reid. Yeah, not even close. Greasy Neal sounds like a guy that would sell his picks. Oh, yeah. Uh He did (laughs) my oil change a few weeks ago. picks every Uh single uh, Sunday. All right, number three. Let's go to baseball. The Yankees. Joe Wiz's cousin, Mark. Yeah, exactly. The Yankees beat the Nationals yesterday, halting New York's nine-game losing streak. The streak was the longest for the Yankees since 1982. When was the last time the Yankees lost 10 or more games in a row? Is it A, it's never happened, B, 1966, C, 1913, D, 1905? Good luck, Todd. Um, Yankees were pretty good in the mid-60s, so I'm going to go 1913. <laughs> okay. Ooh, boy, I don't know if we want Todd in the fantasy Boy, league yeah. ever see this start. All right, Todd, on this day in 1919, Cleveland pitcher Ray Caldwell, of course, through a complete game in defeating the Philadelphia Athletics 2-1. to one. Caldwell finished the game despite suffering a unique injury. What happened to Caldwell? Was he struck in the head by a line drive? Was he struck by lightning while on the mound? Was he beamed while batting? Or was he struck by a stray bullet while on the mound? I feel like we've gone to this question. Unique, unique injury. I'm going to go with uh, lightning bolt. That's a ringer. My He's gosh. a ringer. Uh, oh, no hints, Andy Sweeney, for Todd, number five. Todd's going to end up with the best fantasy Where's team ever. Scotty? He's not even in here for this. He's, yeah, I think he's, he's working, working from, from home. home yeah, he's working oh, from home. Yeah, late night for Scotty. All right. Uh, I'm, I, the guy that, uh, I'm the guy that sees the Antonio Brown available in the 15th round of draft. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Taking a well, kicker in the eighth man. round. Uh, all right, last question, Todd. You've done great. Today is the 72nd anniversary of the Grandstand Managers Night, which MS. MLB, uh, in which an MLB team allowed fans to vote on managerial moves by way of signs distributed in the crowd. I like that. Which team held Grandstand Managers Night on August 24th, 1951? Is it A, the St. Louis Browns, B, the Chicago White Sox, C, the Cleveland Indians, or D, the Boston Braves? The timeliness of these like questions a, I love. Like promotion and Bill Vec would have been with Cleveland around that time so that's my guess going Indians you said Cleveland Indians I'm I'm going Bill the Indians about that time all right, let's see how Todd did. I, I mean, he we, got he got one, I think two, we hyped it up. One, yeah! two, and four, and three, two, and three. Yeah, nineteen thirteen. Number Loud five, though. Thank, those you, thank you, Coach Ursay. There, 
72nd anniversary of Grand Stand Managers Night in which a Major League Baseball team allowed fans to vote on managerial moves by way of signs. This is how the Colts should have handled their final month of last season. By way of signs <laughs> distributed in the crowd, which team held that night on August 24th, 1951? Andy Sweeney, Todd said the Cleveland Indians. Yeah, he was wrong. It's the St. Louis Browns. The Browns, def- the Browns defeated the A's 5-3. to I'd love to I'd love to see this. You could never get away with this now, but I would absolutely love it. Base- and baseball would be the perfect sport. This, this is how be- the Oakland A's should handle their final month. This Listen, I don't Todd, be- stay on the line, by the way. Appreciate it, Todd. I, I don't I don't say this to like make fun. This is a great triple A uh, agreed uh, uh, thing that you could yeah. do. Get you know, get the two or three dollar beers out there. Right? Scotty, who was sweating at home, just texted me. He goes, he was right about Bill Veek, but he was running the Browns in 1951. Just salt meat wounds there for Todd. But uh, he's in the fantasy league, and he will be... um, he will be drafting Antonio Brown. I just got this text from a listener. <laughs> I I have not brought this up for a reason, Andy, because okay. I'm just kind of over it. But he is kind of bringing it up, so I'm going to say it. Uh, it is the four-year anniversary of Andrew Luck retiring during a preseason game. He goes, imagine if the Colts trade Taylor during the preseason game tonight while he's on the sidelines. <laughs> while, he's on the, while he's on the side. So so that means in four years, somebody else. In four years, Anthony Richardson's going to retire during oh, the preseason oh or get gosh. traded. Welcome to Indy, Andy boy. <laughs> Man. Now, it would be a road game tonight. It would be a road game. A little different. Nonetheless, thank you to Matt Taylor, Josh Larkey for joining us. You'll find those on the best of We've got you covered all the way up and through kickoff tonight. We'll talk about it all tomorrow. Wake up, call. KB and Andy rounded out tomorrow.